Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're now listening to Wine and Crime. The podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yes! <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, yes! welcome, everybody. <laughs> that isn't Kenyon talking. Who is it? Sorry, guys. I know that that was very, I was, that was very, um, I, was, I, was, I was throwing you guys off. I, was, I know I was really deep in character. Um, this is not Kenyon. Oh. Uh, this is Alvin from the Affirmative Murder Podcast. So happy to be here. <laughs> Yes, Alvin. Oh. And this is our first guest post Kenyon. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's she, she's, she's alive. fine. Yeah. Is she? Has anyone <laughs> checked on her? Has anyone actually has cannot anyone heard confirm. from her? No, I cannot she, confirm. She did the wordle this morning. Oh, yes, she Boom. did the wordle. She's yeah, alive. Yeah, of course. Then we <laughs> she's cleared just it up. not well. That's the only information we have. She's cognitively able to do the wordle. Yes. But she's on like super mm-hmm. bed rest and her recording studio is 800 stairs up in her like belfry oh. in her house. <laughs> With no. all the bats. With it's all the doctor's bats. Orders. That's against doctor's orders for so, sure. So yeah. yeah, she's not with us today, but she's with us in spirit. And in spirit. So, you know. I will the, try to channel her as well. Yeah, you got this. She's going to, her spirit will infect you. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. You, oh. You'll want to go to You'll the doctor. Yeah. Submit your Kenyonitis. Kenyonitis. Yeah. <laughs> long. There's a long and and ar- ardu- arduous treatment process for Kenyonitis. It starts yeah. with a tingling in your back. <laughs> your dad. I'm a hypochondriac, so don't might... start saying. If you start saying symptoms, I'm, I'm going to feel them right your now. Your hair so. might start start turning blonde. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be yeah. a blonde before you know there's it. Like a th- is there like a throat thing? Is it throat? Is it there's throaty? A throat, there's a throat okay. thing. Okay, where it's all a right. Total inability oh to sing. Oh my gosh, she's present. Oh my gosh, she's present. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, she's present. Oh my god. All of a sudden, you'll be she's completely here. tone deaf. You cannot <laughs> carry a tune. But like extremely funny and be able to recall really weird random facts about true crime stuff specifically and also like ancient European history. Yeah. Or 90s trivia. Or 90s trivia. Eh, okay. Oh, that's more, uh, ama- that's more oh, Amanda-nitis. Okay. 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 <laughs> I think I've got some kind of cross, uh, I got like a cross uh, pro- pollination there's, thing there's going There's comorbidities now. happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got some comorbs. The entire like text of gun germs and seal is just going to be downloaded into your brain. <laughs> just wait for if it. If you caught Lucyitis, it would be the entire text of The Hot Zone. <laughs> the, the scariest DSM. book. The DSM-5. The DSM-5. Yeah. I know everything about, uh, you know... Uh, Mental disorders all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. that'll be great. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being here. And, Happy uh, to be here. We can introduce ourselves as well, I guess. That's part of what we do. Go ahead, Lucy. If, if you oh, yeah. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. <laughs> and this is that you are in the right place. This is the Wine and Cry podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, they should know that. I did such a good job with my Kenyan impersonation right up top. They mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. They knew, they knew where they it. were. Mm-hmm. You crushed it. Thanks, guys. Hey, were, I'm humble. Let's not do that. People okay? were shocked when you were like, I'm Alvin. And they're like, yeah. I know. what? I can guys, hear- I don't want to linger on it. I took a lot of, you know, of, of ventriloquism classes and I don't want to really like, let's not, let's not make it about me. Let's <laughs> kind of just move forward. I know it was an awesome impersonation and I don't want to really like, let's not do that. Like, let's not trigger all of the attendees of our St. Paul live show by talking about <laughs> ventriloquism because I 
Did you bring some kind of weird doll to the show? Yeah, I did. I did a ventriloquist did. act. And also, yeah. Kenyon couldn't yeah. be there for the show. So Lucy and I did it solo. And we <laughs> both independently, without consulting each other, were like, well, Kenyon's not here. We got to cover something really dark. And so both of our cases were fucking were really bad. Horrific. <laughs> like the darkest shit We've ever and you covered. had a ventrilo and you had a puppet up on stage and as well. And I had a yeah. puppet on stage. We and had to my bring case, the levity. Yeah, yeah my okay, case yes, had to do with like a cannibal ventriloquist, CSAM child molester. Oh God! You okay. guys, it was really mistakes were made. It it was bad. I, I think maybe people left. Yeah. People definitely left. When we took the selfie at the end, I was like, wow, there were way more people in here before Amanda's case. <laughs> I drove them out. <laughs> what and better time to, let's go ahead and plug that next show. When's that next yeah, live show that yeah. get people excited? Yeah, let's do it right now. Weirdly <laughs> enough, there is not another live show scheduled. <laughs> no, so ever again. <laughs> Indefinitely. I hope you all like We've it. been canceled. We are banned. <laughs> our last, we might and you guys are banned from St. Paul, Minnesota as well. Which is fucking fine by me because St. Paul sucks. <laughs> But the Fitzgerald Theater was perfect. Stunning and amazing. Mm -hmm. St. Paul can eat my ass. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Lucy, do you want to take um, Kenyon's job in this moment to just introduce the topic? I would absolutely love to. So today cool. we have a very special fan pick by fan picker Abby Townsend. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Abby, for your wonderful idea, which was the topic of family secrets. I... Love it. Yeah. Dubious. Great Dubious. Topic. Yeah. It took everything in my power not to just not cover a case at all and instead just read the Reddit thread I found where people were just <laughs> sharing their family secrets that they like found out Ooh. on somebody's deathbed. Juicy. So it's its own podcast. There's a podcast called Family Secrets where people like guest and talk about like how they found out about their family secrets. And That's I, fucking cool. I did have this in, really cool. in my segment, but I'm just going to say it right now. Um, so it's a podcast by Danny Shapiro. Mm. And she also wrote a book called Inheritance. Ooh, which, creepy. Which I ordered off of bookshop.org earlier today because it sounded really fucking good. It's basically about how she discovered that her father wasn't actually her father and like the fallout. Ooh. Oh. This sounds like this is like Jeanette, Jeanette McCurdy's book uh, for my Carly. I'm glad my mom's dead. What? Man, what, what a read! You don't talk about family secrets. Man, must read. Highly recommend. Cool. Okay. Highly recommend. Well, Everyone, recommend. everyone's family has secrets. Like, I, yeah. I mean, mine are really boring. Mine I don't have any like good family secrets. Like after our dad died, my sister and I. We grieved for like 20 minutes and then we like put his email <laughs> in the Ashley Madison hack yes, website to like see if we had a secret family and fucking no. Nothing. My dad was like so loyal, like boringly loyal. <laughs> Boring, normal, so regular, regular drama. Yeah. yeah. The regular I mean, lack of drama. I would say, say I, I mean, it's like you don't know until you say, you know, mm -hmm. like my brother and I have the exact same name because my dad was. You're both uh, named Stone. Alvin. We're both named Alvin Jerome Williams, and I he's love the it. he's the fourth, and I'm the third. Wow! And and it, really? it just uh, yeah. It, it, and I see it right now. It's like I just have become it's become normal to me. But yeah. it, it is weird. I know that it's weird, but it's uh, I love it. Hey man, it's life. You know, just living. <laughs> you know, just you, living life. Do you both family go by family Alvin? barbecue? 
Well, my grand my grandmother refuses to call him Alvin, so she calls him Cold Cut because he looked like a cold cut sandwich when he was born or <laughs> when he was a baby. Oh so she God. refuses to call him that, so she calls him Cold Cut. And, cold cut. <laughs> and I'm AJ. Oh my God. So I, I like to think my dad maybe just forgot that my name was Alvin and it's cool. he was like, That's AJ. So I'll just name this one Alvin and it's, it's all good. And your I mom was it. just like, Yeah, whatever. My mom was furious. <laughs> it was not, it had nothing to do with my mom. <laughs> I'm an only. I'm my mom's only child. Yep. She's like, you gave my son's name to somebody. How dare you? Yep. So yeah, I guess that is dramatic. Okay, well we, we can move on. We'll just, we can, Perfect. Just, you're getting let's us, move on. You're getting it, us you know? beautifully warmed up. Yeah, we'll get in some. We'll get into some deeper shit. I mm-hmm. am confident. Yep. But before we do, we do have a wine crime pairing today. Which full disclosure, I don't have. And I'll explain why I don't have it. Um, okay. But it isn't for lack of trying. But this was recommended by our fan picker, Abby Townsend. And I fucking love this recommendation. She literally said the Miaomi Pinot Noir because it, quote, sounds like mommy. Miaomi. 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 That's a cat mom. I'm a Miaomi. I'm a Miaomi. And I do not have it because I tried to get it locally and I couldn't find it. So I. Did you try? I went to Total uh, Wine. I didn't try PetSmart. That's where I fucked up. I tried Total Wine and I tried. Classic. My local liquor store, which one? I don't know. I have like two. I tried two different stores and I was like, that's plenty. Oh, I need to get off my scooter and go home. Yeah. Um, and so I <laughs> am actually currently settling into 10 milligrams of the newly legalized Delta 9 THC here in Minnesota. Oh, nice. That sounds, that sounds insidious. I, yeah. You uh, are about to, that sounds like you're about fan. to have a night. Yeah. I a have some fan. right here, actually. Yeah. I gave you some. Mm-hmm. I gave you some. Some of this. Delta 9? Del- Ooh, Delta, Delta 9. nine. Yep. Oh, it's in a black bag, too? That's, this is yeah. Delta 8, but... Those oh, are eights. Eights. You had to take it, t- take it down a notch? These are 8s. I have some 9s here somewhere. It's all good. It's fine. Numbers. I, I, um, I don't want to overstep, but I, I do have something here. I would love to pop it. Will you? I, just, I, it's, I, I don't know if I ever get the chance again. If you feel you comfortable, you do it. Absolutely should. Before okay. you do, I'm just going to shout out this Maomi Wine Company, which I went to their website, M-E-I-O-M-I dot com. And you can order stuff online and you can become a subscriber, I guess, and get like some, it's sort of like member pricing. So this bottle, I believe, retails at full price for like 22 bucks. It's gorgeous. It is a California Pinot Noir. It's nice and like complex it has like all this beautiful depth. It's nice and medium to kind of lighter bodied like Pinot Noirs typically are. Um, they aged this one for six months in French oak. It is like full of juicy strawberry on the front end, that like dark berry. And then mm. it kind of finishes with sort of a toasted mocha. So it doesn't be really nice if you had some. I know. Really, that was fucking awesome. I want it so bad. Now. Straight up your alley. Like if, it sorry. sounds like if you put <laughs> strawberries on s'mores. Oh, which is intriguing. That's the move. And my friend Katie Howard, shout out to Katie Howard. That's like her special s'more recipe. And it is so fucking good. Wow. Strawberry s'more. But yeah. So it sounds like a beautiful wine. It's 100% Pinot Noir from California. It sits like right in the middle of dry and sweet. So Ooh. it's really just like a super food friendly 
wine. It's not going to like completely blast out your palate. It's going to be like nice and soft. I am obsessed. And now that I know I can order it online, I will order it and stop trying to get it. From wasting scooter gas. Yeah, you're wasting your special <laughs> scooter gas. My you're burning up gas. that scooter gas. Scooter oil. <laughs> <laughs> Looks well, like Alvin you... has a, something ready to pop. What, yeah, what are you what are you rocking? I do. Here? Okay. Uh this is called Sweet Heat. It's a mead from uh, the Capitol Hive Meadery in Virginia. Whoa. It is pineapple mango with habanero. Shut Whoa. the fuck um, up. That's you're going to get so spicy good. spicy butt snakes later? Oh, it's going oh, I'm going to get yeah, I'm going to get yeah, I'm going to get spicy spicy butt snakes like a mofo. Okay. Um now Okay, also, shout out to Capital Hive Meadery. They uh, make great mead. The guy there that makes the mead is an evil genius. He's just like, ah, I had some cotton candy grapes yesterday. I'm going to make cotton candy grape mead. Fucking yum. Cheesecake, <laughs> all kind of things. And like I said, this is a pineapple mango with habanero. So, okay. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. fucking nice, nice pop, pop. Oh, my God. It was that a nice was, pop. That was Gorgeous. a great Oh, I'm so excited pop. now. Hell uh, oh I'm going to have our editor, John, save that pop clip for Seriously. future episodes where I don't have a pop and he needs to just put one in. <laughs> Sound clip. God Let's, bless. Can I just say? Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Let's fucking okay. do this. Alvin and I haven't partied on the internet together since fucking Down by the Creek was still a thing. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Down by the uh, well, Creek. Wait, I guess I did an I interview forgot about with you. That. I did Inside the Podcaster Studio with you post you Down by the Creek. but You did. We got real. Yeah. Full disclosure, Down <gasps> by the Creek is my favorite podcast in the world. Okay, Lucy. Hot damn. What is our background in psych for family secrets? Okay, well- I wanted to shake what I have in front of me, but I do have psych, but I'm going to shake it anyway because it is a ramekin full of Skittles. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to say teeth. It sounds that like teeth. Is a, that's a nice sound. I know, yeah. but I do have nice psych. Clink. Okay. Yeah, Lucy usually will shake a jar of bones if there isn't actually any psych in her segment. Mm -hmm. So she okay. just she knows I, how much I'm soothed by it and didn't want to not yeah. shake anything for me. How about Thank this? I do PG. have my Amanda's favorite jar. These are snake ribs, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shake them for just you anyway. Listen to this. Snakes have ribs. Yeah, baby. Of a lot of them. A lot of them. <laughs> Ooh, they're like oops <laughs> all enough ribs. to jingle in a enough to jingle in a bottle. Oops Fucking all ribs. Oops all ribs. They're oh basically a spine and ribs, and that's it. <laughs> All right, this is for you, Amanda. Oh, it's a different, it's got a different. Uh, is that not the most yeah. like delicate and soothing little rattle note. you've ever it's heard? Note. It's a little tinkle. Uh, oh yeah, a it's rattle. A tinkle. An Adam's family rattle for sure, yeah. Yes. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. If I ever have children, I'm going to make them a rattle out of. Of with, ribs, with snake ribs? teeth inside. I bet oh, God. like children's teeth. Oh, when they start Enjoy. losing their teeth. Well, they'll, they'll be too old teeth for a rattle. Sadistic. You're describing sadistic things with such a smile on your face, too. I'm, I'm workshopping it. Oh, yeah. I'm very, I'm very put off by this. <laughs> I'm put on. Okay. Oh. Okay, so family secrets. First, I found a research paper by Anita L. Vangelisti from the University of Texas at Austin about family secrets. Obviously, I wasn't going to pay money to download the whole paper. <laughs> so I read the abstract. Well, this read is, the cliff notes. This is, this is the abstract. I knew it. You always get the abstract for free. Of course. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Always. So this abstract reads, what types of information do families keep secret? What are the functions that family members perceive secrets to serve? Is secrecy associated with family satisfaction? 
Two studies were conducted to examine such issues. The first study revealed that family secrets fall into three categories, taboos, rule violations, and mm-hmm. conventional secrets. Okay, so like my a cousin, not my cousin specifically, but like a cousin who spent some time in jail for an unsavory thing that might be the family secret. Like we don't talk about Bruno. Yes. Exactly. Or okay. like maybe a family member in a very conservative family came out as like transgender. It's okay. like we don't yes. talk about cousin Bruno. Yes. Yeah, Bruno. Or <laughs> Tabitha always buys the potato salad, but we pretend she makes it herself. That's more of a conventional secret. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I did that. I did that in a relationship many moons ago where I bought chicken salad and passed it off as my own because he loved chicken salad and I didn't want to learn how to make it. But that how guy ended up being a, a fucking asshole. So. <laughs> how much could a person love chicken salad if they don't know it's store-bought? You know. You know? Yeah, that's on him. Chicken salad, the thing that makes chicken salad the best is when it's made with love. You know, yeah. you buy it from the store, you don't know. You don't, you just, you just, you just think you love chicken salad. When it's made with love Fair. and also curry. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yes. I love a curried chicken salad. Curry oh my chicken God. Chicken salad. All right, let's wrap that's this what, up so that, I can eat. That's what Shad had at that place in Excelsior. <laughs> Yum, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so Bull good. Bull and Wren. Bull yes. and Wren, shout out. Resplendent. Anyway. Also grapes. I'm sorry. There, I said it. I like a chicken salad. In chicken salad? Yeah. Yeah. Halved grapes. But I'm also from Minnesota. I feel like we put halved grapes in a lot of shit. Hey, man. Live life. You know, that's what I say. Fresh grapes in chicken salad, fine. But we are not a raisins in potato salad family. No. No, no, no. I had already started to make the graph, and I just assumed. I'm so glad you cleared that up. No. I was you like, looked oh, like hey, right. the Fresh meme grapes. of that. You looked like the meme of the lady with all the math floating around her. And I was like, I know what he's thinking. Butterfly raisins in the sky. Salad. No, we do not put raisins in our potato salad. <laughs> I promise Am- you that. Ambrosia salad. Uh, <laughs> oh. I started making all the connections. I was like, yeah, okay, I see what's going on here. All okay, right. yes. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on with this abstract. Functions of secrets involve bonding, evaluation, maintenance, privacy, defense, or communication problems. Mm. In the second study, the number of secrets that family members perceived their family to hold in comparison with other families was inversely correlated with family satisfaction. So if you feel like your family is just a big pile of shitty secrets, then your satisfaction is low. Yeah, low satisfaction. Okay, Okay. Mm. that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. In addition to like blissful ignorance, I prefer. Yeah. Yes. The manipulation of having a family secret and like who you share that secret with and how that fucks with family dynamics. I didn't even like think about that until you were reading this abstract. Mm hmm. So you knew? Yeah. That's hurtful. (laughs) Yeah. That's hurtful. In addition, individuals' perception that some of their family members held secrets concerning taboo topics from other members was negatively related to satisfaction. So it's like, if you know that, like, your dad's a fucking liar, Mm -hmm. your dad's lying to your mom, for example, like, icky. We don't like that. Yeah. Not good. Overall, results suggest that the association between secrecy and family satisfaction is influenced by the form, topic, and function of the secret itself. Makes sense. Mm. So that's just a little little intro, a little academic intro to what we're talking about. So into it. clearly I was not sure what to cover for today's topic. So I found something that is interesting to me anyway. Great. And also somewhat related. And no, it's not teratomas. I wish I could cover Fine. that again. Grape. I blew my teratoma <laughs> load. Grape. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> 
<laughs> I blew my teratoma load on sports ball crimes and yep. She didn't want to talk about sports, so she just talked about teratomas for yeah. her whole segment. That I don't segment. know what that is. Oh uh, my god. You don't god. know what a teratoma is? No, what is that? So you know like when you're like in the womb or like up up Remember up, that? upon upon yes. fertilization, mm-hmm. maybe there was like a double fertilization like resulting in twins, but gotcha. but one one fetus absorbed the other one. Oh, yes. So then they, yes, yes, okay, yes. They can like later in life find pockets of like hair and teeth and blah blah blah. That's what Elvis said he happened to him. Yeah. Or his family says happened to him. Really? That's what made him such a in good... utero twin left traces. Cool. Yes. Yeah. But that's what Obsessed. a teratoma is. Um mm. also we make the joke uh, joke about homunculus Wagner a lot. Mm-hmm. And a hum- I want to name a dog, homunculus Wagner. A homunculus. <laughs> I think it's la- it's either Greek or Latin, but it just means tiny person. <laughs> yeah. And so well, my like my shoes started floating when you said that. I don't know why. Oh, it's, very, it's a very magical name. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's what a homunculus is. So that's homunculus Wagner. Homunculus yeah. Wagner. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> homunculus J S. Homunculus J Wagner Esquire. Esquire. DDS. Okay, so like we were talking about, I feel like every family has secrets, whether it's within your nuclear family or your extended family. And if you don't think so, maybe you just don't know about it yet. Mm-hmm. These are the privileges that come with adulthood. Like mm-hmm. adults start talking shit with you. Yeah. yeah. Now that you can get drunk with your parents, aunts and uncles, you mm-hmm. got to get all the tea. Absolutely. You, you think you want the tea and then you get the tea and you're like, I, I regret the I tea. I don't want this tea anymore. I want to send this tea back. And you then can't you, put the, yeah, you can't put the tea back in the bag. Yeah, you know? then you, you have an inverse satisfaction with your family dynamics. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe there was something to do with physical or sexual abuse, infidelity, substance abuse, addiction, maybe an unwanted pregnancy. So like mm. there's like an like an aunt out there that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Lies. Or your sister's your mom. Yeah. I see that a lot or, in TV, and it happens in real life as well. Yes. yes, it does. Or like if you're your own grandpa. <laughs> oh, a la Back to the Future. Yes. Marty McFly. Oh, or yes. just the song. I'm my own grandpa. Oh, grandpa. What song it's is a, that? It's a really old Disney song from an era we probably should never discuss. But I don't think it's Disney. It is because it was on my, it was on like an old Disney CD that I used to have. That's why I know it. I just, I had like a children's song. I'll send you the link. I got you. The lyrics explain everything you need to know. Oh, it breaks it down. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) I was in a time machine and then I became my own grandpa. I know the song. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I got it. Yeah, you know all of the words. Yeah, you got it. I got to do a couple lines. I got, I caught it. So maybe there's like lies and murder, et cetera. It's like shit happens. Shit happens. Shit happens to people in general and everyone is part of a family. Shit happens. Of lies. It happens. What? Shit? (laughs) Shit? It's what it's. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. It's what it's. So (laughs) secrets often revolve around shame and shame is linked to trauma or as Jamie Lee Curtis would say, trauma. Mm. Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) Trauma. According to the Washington Post, it's estimated that more than two-thirds of children experience at least one traumatic event before the age of 16. Abuse, violence, national disasters, a.k.a. the Trump presidency, severe Mm. illness and neglect are examples of trauma that researchers think could play a role in how future generations respond to their surroundings. Fucking COVID. Yeah, just, it. I mean... 
I'm telling you right now, I've we said it. We haven't even seen the effects of that yet. I know. Mm. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. We're going to see an uptick in serial killers in the next 50 years. Probably. From this, gener- this COVID generation. Kids aren't socialized. I mean. Yep. And something's, just, gonna, something's off. And just because a, a big population experiences it does not negate the ex- the to what degree the negative effects could be felt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. It's, Individual it's, experiences too, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's like yeah. we all experienced it. We all can say, oh, we all had to stay in the house. But I don't know what was happening in your house while you had well, to stay right. in the house. Well, right. And there mm-hmm. are like so many families where there's already like trauma or violence in the household. And then- Everybody has to stay home for a long period of time. No money. So I know that money, we, financial things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, like, I a, know that we saw reports of, like, cases of intimate partner violence and abuse within the home did increase in yeah. those, like, real lockdown mm-hmm. times. So the, the trauma first few is, months. Yeah. The trauma yeah. is not even just from, like, the collective experience of COVID. It's from all the fucking effects that trickle down for lack of a better term because of it it's it's messy yep but also like just because covid affected the entire planet that mm-hmm. doesn't dilute the intensity that we felt nope. on a personal level if that makes mm-hmm. sense Absolutely. same ocean different boats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. indubitably mm-hmm. so this all just got me wondering like i've heard about generational trauma and how it affects like physiologically so mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of explore that sort of from a scientific standpoint. So it's not specifically about family secrets, but I feel like it's related. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will be telling you about today. Here for it. So this is from the BBC. In 1864, nearing the end of the U.S. Civil War, conditions in the Confederate prisoner of war camps were at their worst. So like the camps where Confederate soldiers were keeping Union soldiers? Or where Union soldiers were keeping Confederate soldiers. I'm pretty. Because I feel a lot worse for one half of that population. I'm pretty sure it's the worst part. I'm pretty sure they are Confederate camps for Union soldiers. Okay. Okay. But Mm. but that wasn't made super clear. It almost Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's it's a POW camp. Right. There was such overcrowding in some camps that the prisoners, Union Army soldiers from the north. Oh yeah. Oh, there there we go. go. Okay. I read this, I swear. You got it, you got it. I skimmed it. Skim, skim, skim. So each each prisoner uh, had about the square footage of a grave. So they're packed in like sardines. Six by six. Mm -hmm. Not even three by six, maybe. Yeah. Prisoner death rate sword. I read later, I don't think this, I don't think I kept this in my notes, but basically they were fed with like really small rations of corn. Mm -hmm. That's basically Mm. it. So they lost- disease alone. Disease, ugh. A lot of them died from, like, diarrhea and dysentery and also mm-hmm. just, like, having almost nothing to eat. Well, all that well, corn, you know. Yeah, that'll go right through you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Does not I digest. love corn, but there's only so much nutritional value. You need a little bit of a well-rounded diet to, like, There's, like, thrive. no nutritional value to corn. Yeah, no. It's a it lot of water. Great. <laughs> it just tastes great. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Also, if they didn't have butter and, like, salt and pepper to put on it. Yeah, they the weren't point? getting elote corn. They were just right. getting... Basic corn? Yeah. yeah. This wasn't Ooh. like Mexican street corn. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. I would give that place a bad Yelp review for sure. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. like this is like cattle feed corn, like pig food. Mm-hmm. So yeah, prisoner death rate soared. For those who survived, the harrowing experiences marked many of them for life. They returned to society with impaired health, worse job prospects, and shorter life expectancy. But mm-hmm. the impact of these hardships did not stop with those who experienced it. 
It also had an effect on the prisoner's children and grandchildren, which appeared to be passed down the male line of families. Interesting. And before you ask about why not the females, we will get to it. Okay. Yes. And Hold I'll, your horses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll explain the science behind this a little bit more. While their sons and grandsons had not suffered the hardships of the POW camps, and if anything, were well provided for throughout their childhoods, they suffered higher rates of mortality than the wider population. It appeared that the POWs had passed on some element of their trauma to their offspring. But unlike most inherited conditions, this was not caused by mutations to the genetic code itself. Instead, the researchers were investigating a much more obscure type of inheritance, which was how events in someone's lifetime can change the way their DNA is expressed and how that change can be passed on to the next generation. This is the process of epigenetics, where the readability or like the expression of these genes is modified without changing the DNA code itself. So if your father had, you know, if, you're, if both your parents had brown eyes, you're probably going to have brown eyes. Right. And that will like show up in your genetic code. It's like traceable. Yes. yes but, but it's like this isn't traceable in the way that it changes the presentation of your DNA. I mean, it's it's traceable for way, sure, but, there, but there's different ways that these genes express themselves. So like, okay. for example, which I'll kind of get to later, how well the body produces its own insulin. <laughs> Triggered. For example. <laughs> so like you still you still have the gene that that prompts the body to do that, but the way it expresses itself might be less effective than it should mm. be. Okay. Right? Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. I think yeah. I think I'm right. Let's just go with it. <laughs> well, and there are different types of diabetes, so that seems to apply more to like either type two or if you're like honeymooning and you're still producing insulin. My issue is that my immune system attacks the cells in my pancreas that create insulin, the beta mm -hmm. cells. So they never even get a chance. Like they're capable of making it, mm -hmm. but they like don't even get a chance to do it because my immune system has Wipes destroyed them. them. Yeah. 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 Well, that was just one example, but like right, you kind of right, right. get kind of get what I'm saying. I totally sure. get what you're saying. And it, this is like super fucking fascinating. It's really cool. So tiny chemical tags are added to or removed from our DNA in response to changes in the environment in which we are living. Mm -hmm. These tags turn genes on or off, offering a way of adapting to changing conditions without inflicting a more permanent shift in our genomes. Got it. Mm. So it might affect how how well certain hormones are functioning, but yeah. for example, but it's not going to make you have blue eyes. Okay. If both your parents have brown or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Study author Dora Costa and her colleagues studied the health records of nearly 4,600 children whose fathers had been POWs, comparing them to just over 15,300 children of veterans of the war who had not been captured. Okay. So we're comparing POWs to just regular... Regular old veterans. Veterans. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The sons of POWs had an 11% higher mortality rate than the sons of non-POW veterans. That's a significant percentage. And especially with a pool that large, like 4,600 mm -hmm. and then 15,300, it's not just mm -hmm. a handful of people. This is a really representative pool that we're talking yeah, about. for sure. Other factors such as the father's socioeconomic status and the son's job and marital status couldn't account for the higher mortality rate. So they did factor in... Yeah, Certain, outside. Yeah, they were mm -hmm, really factors. looking at how the how the passing down of the genes affected this. Huh. Mm -hmm. The excess mortality was mainly due to higher rates of cerebral hemorrhage. Ooh. I wasn't sure 
what exactly that meant. Like, like brain bleeding? Yeah, it sounds like they were like predisposed to bleeding in the brain. So does that mean like strokes and things like that? Maybe. Mm. I can Google this. Cerebral, cerebral hemorrhage. But the sons of POW veterans were also slightly more likely to die from cancer. Oh, wow. But the daughters of former POWs appeared to be immune from these effects, which, again, we're going to get to. I'm not going to discount women Hemorrhagic stroke. It's a, type of, it's a type of stroke. Okay. Mm. There we go. Yeah. You Stre- guys- is it stress-born or, like, what is it? Like, uh, I wonder what, what the genetic, like, what's being exacerbated by the I've heard theories the that cancer is a result of stress. Wow. That can definitely happen. Yeah. Causes include brain trauma, aneurysms, anteriovenous malformations, and brain tumors. The largest risk factors for spontaneous bleeding are high blood pressure and amyloidosis, which I don't know what that is. Other factors include alcoholism, low cholesterol, blood thinners, and cocaine use. I got to evaluate my choices. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But they're going to have to add, like, intergenerational trauma to this list. Yeah. I will update the Wikipedia page. Yes, immediately. Another thing, uh, I don't know if it was this study or like the next one I'm going to talk about, but basically those researchers, one the the head researcher had studied PTSD in the mm-hmm. 90s, like the early 90s, and they were like, yeah, the way the scientific community is reacting to these studies that I'm talking to right now, like really kind of suspicious, like critical Mm-hmm. was the exact same way that people reacted to studies about PTSD in the 90s. Right. So mm. 30 years from now, this might just be like, yeah, fucking done. Common PTSD, knowledge. PTSD, yeah. I also feel like, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but the conversation and like understanding of generational trauma is pretty new to like the white community. But that conversation and the healing that goes along with it has been like discussed openly among BIPOC and queer communities for a long fucking time. It's just like, we always are take me, we meaning us as white folks are always 20,000 steps behind and like real skeptical of what like everyone else has been telling us all the fuck along. Well, in the, in the, in regards to like what I'm hearing now is really interesting because what Lucy is saying is like, it almost can show up in a, you know, in a genetic test. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, my introduction to generational trauma was like, you know, uh, you know, the stereotype that black people can't swim, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a true stereotype. But then when you go and do the research about the generational history about, you know, public pools mm-hmm. and, you know, the civil rights era and people being like black people being scared away from pools. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you go home and you don't have a pool in your backyard. So you just never learn to swim. And then you have mm-hmm. kids and the next generation. And it's just like swimming is just not something that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it also comes with fear. Cause you're like, well, we don't ever see water or pools or li- yeah. we are all in cities. So we don't never mm-hmm. see the ocean. And so it's like this, it's this like, scary thing because it's not something that we've been acclimated to mm-hmm. and we don't even really know why we don't we haven't been acclimated to it but like the idea i don't know if that would show up in a you know in a in a, in a, in a dna test the way that you're saying like it, there's aspects of it in the things that you're talking about yeah but like that's how i was introduced to the discussion i think to amanda's point i think that's looking at this whole concept through a very americanized lens mm-hmm. because if we're talking about various famines genocide, things like that, mm-hmm. the things that have happened all over the world. Yes. It's, it isn't necessarily correlated with race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's history. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it yeah. kind of happens all around. But to your point, yes, I mean, white people just across the border. And no, we're just ignorant. slow on the uptake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we can absolutely experience generational trauma and, and do even more so. Yeah, we experience generational violence. And like, that's also a very important Mm-hmm. cycle to end so that we're not continuing to perpetuate generational violence. Yes. It's just all really fascinating when you get to a point where it's like, oh, we can see a lot of this shit literally through a scientific lens in our DNA. Stop yeah. fucking trying to say this shit isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's fucking real. So actually my next segment sort of s- s- explains a little bit about what, what we're saying now. Mm-hmm. Costa says, quote, the hypothesis that there is an epigenetic effect on the the hypothesis is that there is an epigenetic effect on the Y chromosome. That would be why it affects the male lineage. Mm-hmm. This effect is consistent with studies in remote Swedish vi- Swedish villages, Swedish fish villages, yum. Swedish fish villages, Fucking yes, yum. where shortage uh, in food supply had a generational effect down the male line, but not the female line. Weird. So this study ruled out the notion, like it. In addition, the study ruled out the notion that the former POWs were more likely to be abusive to their sons, resulting in direct trauma. That's mm. not what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a genetic code in our DNA. Yep. That was showing up in folks with y, the Y chromosome, but not in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I get what you're saying. Okay. So this article also talks about a 2013 study about mice. So I have to give a trigger warning now. Animal abuse for scientific purposes. Mm-hmm. They didn't kill them. They just tortured them. They poked at them. Yeah. Mm, Great. Um, So this is from the same article. The researchers blew uh, acetophenone. Acetophenone? Acetophenone? Acetophenone. Which has- Acetophenone. Acetophenone. This has the scent of cherry blossom. So they blew this uh, through the cages of adult male mice- and then at the same time, they zapped their feet with an electrical current. Ooh, so they're making them associate that scent mm-hmm. with pain. Okay, so great. O- over several repetitions, the mice associated the smell of cherry blossoms with pain. There we go. Oh. Shortly afterwards, these male mice bred with female mice. When their pups, their baby mice are called pups. That's so That's cute. That's really cute. When their pups smelled the scent of cherry blossom, they became more jumpy and nervous than the pups whose fathers hadn't been conditioned to fear that scent. And that's all the pups, whether they were born male or female. They were all jumpy as a result of the father's now generational trauma. From what I learned, yes. Wow. I wish somebody would have did that to me with a Cinnabon. Am I right, people out there? <laughs> right? Am I right? You Cinnabon. It's never, so bad for you, but it's so good, right? You could yeah. never Pavlov me out of Cinnabon. It. Like, you couldn't do it. The smell you of an inside it. of a McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. God damn it. I can it. picture that smell, which I know doesn't make sense, but I can picture it. You can and see my, the smell. I can see it. My yes. mouth is I can feel watering. It. Yeah. So to McDonald's. Oh, God. So to rule out that the pups were somehow learning about the smell from their parents, they were raised by unrelated mice who had never smelt the cherry blossom. Oh, the family drama in this mice family. It gets worse. They were adopted? They were adopted? (laughs) These mice were adopted? I hope they get adopted out. No! (laughs) The grand pups. (laughs) The grand pups of the traumatized males also showed heightened sensitivity to the scent. 
Neither of the generations showed a, showed a greater sensitivity to smells other than cherry blossom, indicating that the inheritance was specific to that cherry blossom scent. The SS2 so now we're two generations removed from the mouse that experienced the direct harm. Yes. And they're not even being raised by the people that experienced. So they're like, you don't get me. They're like emo mice. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, know, you, guys don't under- you guys don't get sick when you smell cherry blossoms. Why do I? They are oh. adopted mice. They have nothing to do socially with their parents. That is so fascinating. Yeah. They've got blue bangs and, you know, just listening to scene music and, just, okay. you know, okay. no one, no one, no one understands these mice. I'm feeling specifically no targeted right now. <laughs> Lots of like, what's it called? Like panic at the disco. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a ton of that. My chemical romance. Yeah. My romance. Speaking of cherry blossoms, my chemical romance. Oh, God. <laughs> so this sensitivity to cherry blossom scent was linked back to epigenetic modifications in their sperm DNA. So chemical markers on their DNA were found on a gene encoding a smell receptor expressed in the olfactory bulb between the nose and the brain. It's crazy how we are all just meat computers. We're meat computers. We are meat computers, it's yes. It's really fucking scary. Yeah, so like yes. when they dissected the mice's brains they could be like oh yeah there it is cherry blossom ick yeah cherry blossom ish (laughs) wow so when they dissected the brains they also found there was a greater number of the neurons that detect the cherry blossom scent compared with control mice so it's not even like shut up it's like we're scared of this so we're gonna make sure you can catch it really 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 early and stay the fuck away yeah Wow. That happens, so, that happens so fast. I mean, it's like two like, generations. It's like an evolutionary thing, you know, like some people are super fucking afraid of spiders, like Blortney. And me. And yeah. she she just has something extra in her brain where if she sees something like the size and shape of a spider, it's like a whoa. Like a I wonder you, if you like have a that reaction. distant ancestor was like killed by a spider bite or something. I mean yeah. uh, the spider from Harry Potter, the uh, giant one. Not cool. <sighs> Well, I think we figured this out. Aragog. Well, how do we think cats are afraid of a pickle? I mean, cucumbers. Like, what is, what's that? Because they, they, like they look like snakes. Snakes? Mm-hmm. Mm, got it. Soft. We're, we're making connections. We should start like a science show. We should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Anytime I'm, anybody is like, should I start a podcast? I'm like, honestly, no. don't do it. <laughs> you don't want this. If you want it to take over your entire life, go for it. <laughs> But yeah, this study only studied like three generations of mice, basically. And also they're mice. So we don't know how we can't dissect, legally dissect the brains of like humans and things like that. So yeah, maybe publicly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) QAnon, right? Am I right? Let's go, guys. Let's let's, 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 let's do it, right? Am I right? Where are we at? Where are we at, guys? Are we we bringing Q back right now? Government, the government's government's cutting us up in basements. You know it. You know it. People out there, they know it. They know it. Only in pizza restaurants with like ping Only in pizza restaurants. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's where where all this goes down. Uh, It's important to note that it wasn't a fear response in this study that was passed down to the next two generations, but rather a sensitivity so researchers mm. later, re- so it's not like it's like gluten sensitivity. Like I don't, I don't have celiacs, but like yeah, it makes just me makes feel kind of rough. Yeah, it makes but I might a little shit. jumpy. I'm afraid <laughs> that I might I'm get a little sh- shitty. I might shit through a screen door later after I eat this bread. Yeah, and also like the fear response might be sort of 
like taught like a natural response to the oh yeah it might okay, be it taught be and it might not have been a fear response specifically because these orphan mice were raised by other mice not the ones uh-huh. who had yes. been directly traumatized had they huh. been raised by their actual parents who did have a fear association They'd maybe know. maybe that would be like a, t- a thing that's taught you know what i mean interesting yeah. but in terms of these dna markers it's just a sensitivity hmm them putting them in different families is the most fascinating part to me. Yeah, that's yeah. you know because now if you, now there's no mouse there to be right re- like oh my do you smell that everybody put on your masks yeah. like there's like there's no mouse there to do that cover you your just face. know inherently yeah you're yeah. about to get zapped exactly exactly <laughs> oh, it's poor bubbies okay this is a little bit of a redeeming part researchers later repeatedly exposed the fearful mice so these are the original mice the ones who got shocked to the cherry blossom smell without the foot shock. And eventually they formed new associations with the smell. Yeah, after a Mm. very traumatizing little while when they didn't and they were just flooded with cherry blossom smell. Well, they were freaking the fuck out. They were trying to- They were gonna get shocked. They were trying to figure out how easily or whether it was possible for them to unlearn these associations. Right. No, I get it. It's just sad. Cherry blossoms (laughs) do smell pretty damn good. So, I mean, you know, you take away the shocks and I'm sure they had a great time. It's like those videos where- People that are colorblind get those colorblind glasses oh, for the first time. I love yeah. those videos. It's my favorite video. <gasps> I cry. Imagine every a mouse time. version of that of a mouse smelling cherry blossoms for the first time and then not getting shocked. Yeah, magic. I'll cry right now. Magic. Right I now, always, I'll cry. I always cry in the videos <laughs> where like a baby will get a an, an a hearing a cochlear ass- implant. Yeah, oh. like a, an assisted hearing device. Don't even do it and right now. I have enough meat in me. I'll, voice I'll start for the first time. And they're hear the mouse voice and they're like, oh, "What is that?" Alvin's crying into his mead. <laughs> I'm not. I am not. You're having your own. beautiful. You so many beautiful. babies crying at the sound of their mother's voice for the first time TikToks later. It is later. quite beautiful. Yeah. Yes. It's coming. Okay. It's so to back this up, mm-hmm. when they looked at these desensitized mice's sperm, they found that they had actually lost that fearful epigenetic signature. So mm-hmm. the later offspring of the desensitized mice might not have inherited the same effects as the earlier ones. Okay. Mm. But the breaking generational curses in therapy that Therapy works, people. People. God. But not for those adopted mice who may not have been rehabilitated. We don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, hope they were. How long is their lifespan, really? Was it worth it? Was it worth the taxpayer yeah. dollars to desensitize all oh my, all oh my God. Eventually. Yeah. Lucy. Bite your tongue. I'm just being honest and reasonable. (laughs) All your emails can go to Lucy. She's the one. She's the the, the mean one. That's fine. (laughs) Anyone who emails me knows what they're getting back. True. (laughs) Cold, hard truth. (laughs) One of the factors that is kind of mystifying scientists at this point is how much the male's DNA clings onto... Considering the fact that when the sperm fertilizes the egg in mice and like every an- every animal, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that paternal DNA is almost like wiped clean. Like they yeah. start fresh kind of s- putting things back together once but it's fertilized. is lingering. Mm-hmm. The answer. I mean, yeah, it's got to be evolutionary. Like it's, you know, you think about this cherry blossom thing. It's like passing down a fear response rooted in traumatic experiences so that future generations know or are like instinctually wanting to 
escape or run away from those experiences. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. But why it clings so much to the male. But maybe if we go back to like the very early binary, like the hunter gatherer versus, ho you know, holding down the safe zone at home with the young, like maybe way, way, way back in the early homo sapiens, like the males were the ones who were out getting fucking chased by dinosaurs because they totally lived at the same time. And then the yeah. females were back you know it. at base Creationism. camp. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It, it Continue, makes yes. sense. It makes sense why those <laughs> yeah. generational traumas, like being having a healthy fear of things in our environment that are dangerous. Yeah. So Definitely. I think it's a fluke. And I will okay. tell you exactly why. First of all, I learned earlier today from ASAP Science on Instagram. I, that's one ASAP of my fucking Great favorite. <laughs> It's one of my Love favorite it. accounts. <laughs> it's two guys. I think they're in Canada, but they just do like little clips of like really interesting science shit with, that's like very digestible. Yes. And earlier today, while I was pooping before we recorded, while we were all texting, I, yes. I watched a clip that basically females predate males. Males oh. are just a weird byproduct. A byproduct of, of female. Yes. Of how <laughs> genes diversified into binary genders and how like hmm. the there was like there's like a path like females used to be able to reproduce on their own cool and testicles oh, are basically a leftover ovaries huh damn i like that's that theory sick. yeah no that's sick so, i like so that. i think that it's a fluke that these genetic markers that we're talking about today tend to stick to the y chromosome which explains mm. why it's passed down through the males Interesting. Mm. I think that's just like how it happens. I don't think there's like a necessarily a reason for it. Right. But continuing with this quote, the answer may lie in the idea that these markers aren't attached to the DNA, but rather the RNA. So RNA is like a component of DNA. Mm. So there was another study, I believe in late 2018, that used that also used mice. Researchers took the babies away from the mothers as soon as they were born in order to mm. mimic, quote, dislocated families or the abuse, neglect, and emotional damage that you sometimes see in people, says Isabel Mansui, who led the research. So, quote, the symptoms these pups showed as they grew up also mimicked the symptoms seen in children who have experienced early trauma. The mice showed signs of increased risk-taking mm. and higher calorie intake, which are both factors seen in child trauma survivors. Mm -hmm. mm. When the males grew up, they had pups that showed similar traits. So overeating, risk-taking, and higher levels of antisocial behavior. So there again, it's going through the generations already, mm -hmm. like right away. Mm -hmm. The researchers oh. extracted RNA molecules from the sperm of male mice who had been traumatized and injected these molecules into the early embryos of mice whose parents had not experienced this early life trauma. So, so it's like surrogacy through a mouse that shouldn't have this pattern to see if it'll show up. They did like in vitro fertilization of yep. the traumatized sperm right. into yeah. an egg that hadn't or into a embryo that hadn't previously been traumatized. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Weird. Mm -hmm. This is this is why they make you uh, fill out that form when you go do, do sperm donations because some people shouldn't. Have you been traumatized? Because you. <laughs> 
Uh, well, uh, my brother has the same name as me, Lucy. So yeah, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to pass that on this much. The kid has a weird hangup about their name. Some kids out there have some weird hangout hangups about their name out there. So yeah, I yeah, I don't want to pass that on to somebody. You shouldn't Absolutely. be a sperm donor. I'm then. being a. I'm being kind. <laughs> <laughs> also, they could get you and your brother totally mixed up. Like exactly, yeah, it's oh causing all kind of problems out there. That's crazy though. They're giving. These mice shouldn't be donating sperm. They're just making these kids messed up. Yeah. yeah well, they weren't. Let's go break into a mouse lab. At, free the mice. At the time, oh, they weren't sure what was going to happen. Because by logically, based on what we used to think that we knew, it wouldn't have made it. It wouldn't have had an effect. But right. the mm. resulting pups showed the typical altered behavioral patterns of a pup whose parents had experienced trauma. It's in that fucking it RNA, man. It is in the RNA. The That's DNA nuts. or the RNA. They also found that different lengths of RNA molecules were linked to different behavioral patterns. So, for example, longer RNAs corresponded to greater food intake, changed the body's response to insulin, like I mentioned mm. earlier, and mm. greater risk-taking, while smaller RNA molecules were linked to showing signs of despair. Oh, my God. Oh, Do I God. have both then? Do I have both <laughs> short and long? Yes, you can have yeah. a smattering. It's a smorgasbord. <laughs> so, um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not here to invalidate female trauma survivors or their descendants. Mm -hmm. According to this article, quote, this research, as well as many of the mice studies, focus on sperm and epigenetic inheritance down the male line. This isn't because scientists think it only happens with males. It's just a lot harder to study eggs than it is to study sperm. Mm -hmm. So mm. in terms of where we are with scientific research, we're, we're focusing currently on the male oh, right. inheritance because those folks with sacks have enough they could keep making more we us with egg sacks can't keep making more we have so a that finite reserve right that's right um bussin so this last bit is from the is that what we're saying yeah. what are we saying what are we saying yeah, I, I, yeah okay all right okay okay cool move move on yeah 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 <laughs> only okay, painted no, myself forward. into this corner. I'm just yeah, going to stand move, here and let it forward. dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this last part is from the Washington Post. The seminal, huh, seminal, yeah, <laughs> seminal, nice. the seminal study <laughs> on the matter of epigenetics centers on the Dutch hunger winter of 1944 through 1945 during World War II, when Nazis occupying the Netherlands restricted food transport as punishment for the Dutch government's support of the Allies. A harsh winter and bad crops left the population with rations of less than 900 calories per day for months. My God. So many people must mm. have fucking died. Uh, 22,000 yeah. people died. Oh, Jesus. Decades later, and the Netherlands is not that big. That's a no. lot of – that's a big chunk of the population. Yep. Decades later, scientists began researching the offspring of women who were pregnant during this time. Oh, what, I can't even imagine. What they found in part was that the, their – children, their offspring, were heavier than average, had higher levels of triglycerides and LDL cholesterol, and were more prone to obesity and diabetes. So, Because mm -hmm. they just hold on to whatever they get. Yes. Right. So even though there was no longer a risk of starvation for these offspring, it appeared that the memory was trying to protect their bodies from a land with no food. Oh, my God. Turtle-like metabolism. Fucking Unbelievable. So fucking cool. So wow. to round us out, what can you do if you are a parent or a caregiver who believes that past trauma might be affecting a child in your life? Mm -hmm. Beyond establishing a safe and secure environment, soft physical touch such as hugs, back rubs, and snuggling can go a long way in sending signals to the body that they are safe. 
So like mm. physical touch. Amanda, remember the epi- the recent episode about the babies who did oh, they yes. did they didn't even cry anymore because they knew yep. that there was no they point. Were so they neglected. were just silent babies. They were mm-hmm. so neglected that they just knew crying wouldn't, wouldn't do no, anything. It didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I still have chills. That that I haven't cried in an episode in a long time. That fucking broke. That me. got her. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. It's really sad. So this physical touch also helps to regulate their emotions. And of course, mm-hmm. as we said earlier, therapy goes a fucking long way as well. Mm-hmm. If you get your child into therapy, which of course we are heavily promoting here, it's important mm-hmm. to be forthcoming with the therapist about the child's history, whether or not you recognize certain events as traumatic. Because mm-hmm. like we were saying, everyone's gone through COVID. That does not make it any less traumatizing for anyone. Yep. Yes. So. Yep. Anyway, that is my segment. I hope you Damn. found it interesting because I fucking did. Very. Ugh. Yeah. Very much so. Well wow. done. Thanks. My God. Thanks. Thanks. Well, thanks. let's take a quick sponsor slash mental health break and then we'll get into Alvin's case this week. Ooh. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's, you know, it's September officially, but like, I don't know where y'all live. But in the Midwest, that still means corn sweats, hot days, <laughs> so you, the, the sound of those cicadas just screaming when you go Humidity. outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's still really hot here until like, honestly, October. So let's just, summer is still in full swing. Okay. Temperatures are still high. And luckily for us, especially me, I'm a sweaty Betty when I sleep and Brooklyn in is here to keep me and you cool and living in comfort at home and on the go with their best-selling bedding, loungewear, towels, and uh, more. Towels. Towels. Let me tell you, Brooklinen honestly makes my bathroom and just home, my bedroom, feel like an absolute luxury spa. Uh, so Bro- Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets, was created by a husband-wife duo to provide customers with hotel level home essentials. So yes. you know a husband and wife duo. They 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 probably had some some sleeping issues yeah. that, that inspired these the whole breathable sheets thing. Yeah, you wanna be like, wow, what brilliance sparked from necessity in this marriage. Exactly. So by working uh-huh. directly with suppliers, Brooklyn and cuts out the luxury markups and passes those savings right back to their customers. So you get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. Brooklinen launches new products, colors, and patterns all the time. Every time I look at their website, there's something new and adorable. Yup. This yep, is from their sheets, yep. their towels, their robes. So like pop, bold pops of color, adventurous mm-hmm. prints, really cool mm-hmm. like graphic designs. Yeah, and they, they have also really cute stuff. Yeah. And also with some limited edition collections selling out in as little as one month. That does oh. not surprise me. No. And then beyond just the sheets, Brooklinen's effortlessly cool loungewear collection includes classic tees, shorts, and more that will keep you comfortable throughout summer yep. heat waves. Thanks to ultra soft, breathable jersey and cotton fabrics. This is my, these are my favorite pajamas. I know. I have like the joggers. Uh-huh. And they are so comfy. And frankly, they're cute enough that I can like wear them to the grocery store on the rare occasion that I leave my house. Absolutely. It's amazing. And for a limited time, Brooklinen is offering free pillowcases with purchase. If you miss out, you can use promo code GALS anytime for 20 bucks off plus free shipping on your order of $100 or more at brooklinen.com. 
That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code GALS. Head to brooklinen.com for your free pillowcases today and treat your sheets. Right on. You know, in this fast-paced modern world, we put off the things that are like give us joy oh, until yeah. we feel like we deserve it. It's not great or healthy. No, like, you know, don't eat that cupcake until you've eaten all your vegetables kind of mentality. But you know what? Eat the cupcake first, okay? Do it. Eat the cupcake first. You do deserve it. Don't wait. You've already earned fun, so have it. And get it with Best Fiends. It's like giving yourself permission to eat dessert first. With Best Fiends, which is an exciting puzzle adventure game, you can have fiendish fun anywhere, anytime. You don't need internet to play it. It's seriously amazing. I am a Best Fiends fiend. <laughs> a fiend. I am an, a Best Fiends evangelist. I love it. It is so relaxing. It's my go-to airplane game. Yes. It's my go-to. I'm in the bathtub and I want to tune everybody out. You're all awful. Or it's a commercial. Yeah. I need to look oh. at a different screen. I love trying to quickly like beat the clock on commercials <laughs> Yeah, by playing a game of Best Fiends. I'm currently on level 2,932. You are such a fiend. I am such a fiend. And there's a really fun seasonal event right now. You know how I love like collecting dice and then playing the little board games mm-hmm. in within the game? The mega roll dice. Yes, we're in one of those specials right now in Best Fiends. It's amazing. Tell us more, Lucy. Well, Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. There are dozens of unique fiends to collect. They're like cute little bugs. And then you spend your meteorites to, like, grow them and make them even cuter and get them outfits and stuff. Get them outfits! It's so cute! Unbelievable. So you can customize your team of fiends to defeat the menacing slugs. Mm. Power up your favorite fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. Honestly, they just get cuter. Yeah, they really do. With offline play, you'll never be stranded without fun, even if you lose your internet connection. Honestly, that is my favorite thing about this game. Yeah, yeah. And brand new events and challenges pop up all year round, like Amanda said, so you'll always get a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. So Mm -hmm. you have earned your fun time. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. This is a, a story uh, that, um, you know, I'm covering for Kenyon. Mm-hmm. So this is this, you know, I'm, I'm taking over her, her, her story and I'm really excited to deliver to, this to you guys. Great. And um, I've had some mead, yep. but I will slur as little as possible. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> Let okay. it out. So Jennifer Pan was born on June 17th, 1986 in Ontario. Mm. Oh, Ontario. Ont- Ontario. Canada. That's how the Germans say it. Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. Mm -hmm. Yes. Her parents, Wei Han Pan and uh, uh, Bic Ha Ha Pan, Mm -hmm. had both settled in Canada after fleeing Vietnam as political refugees in the late 70s. They married in Toronto. Yes, very much so. And Mm -hmm. also, side note, I don't understand how people, people come from refugee countries like that and they go, 
why didn't you just like die there? Like there's a, why did you come here? Like, come on. Like they, yeah. there was a war happening. Was, right. They, they had to go to, they had to survive. Yeah. Uh, what are we, what is even the discussion here? Survival yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. It's, Meanwhile, it's Ted Cruz fled to Mexico from cold weather in Texas. Yes. So, <laughs> well, you know, Margaritaville, you know. And I know Margaritaville, genocide, you know, you gotta yeah. get out when you gotta get out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Han and Bick both worked at an auto part manufacturer called Magna Intera- International. Okay. This is Magna Country. Uh, Han worked as a <laughs> make America generate Necco wafers again. Yes. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's my belief. Okay, but actually. Yeah. yeah. Smarties blow and Necco mm-hmm. wafers were better and Ooh. bigger. You got more bang for your buck. It's the whole thing. I don't even I'm not going to. Gonna, let's not go into it. That take I isn't even hot. Disagree. It's just true. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Listen, I don't okay, want to talk we'll, about it. We will move on. Then we will move on. Ooh, tension. <laughs> They were extremely careful with their money, and by 2004, they were able to purchase a large house with a two-car garage Ooh. in Markham, a largely Asian suburb of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Now, two-car garage, big flex. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I had a friend who had a two-car garage and a fridge in the garage, yeah. and that fridge had an ice machine. Holy shit. Shut up. Yeah. The garage fridge had an the ice machine? The garage fridge had an ice. I didn't have an ice machine in my home, the f- fridge where we kept the, the vittles. Yeah, I don't have they a- had, a, I have an fridge. ice machine or a true two-car garage. They either. had a nice machine on the fridge that you keep the uh, the case of Dr. Pepper's in for when family comes over. Right, that's the it was bougiest insane. thing I've ever. I'd heard. take my hat off and put it to my chest when I went over there. I was like, "Excuse me, can I uh, please, have, <laughs> please, sir, uh, Capri Sun, please, sir?" I thought they were the richest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so they also drove nice cars: Han, a Mercedes Benz, and Bic, a Lexus. Nice. They were proud of all that they had achieved and expected their children to continue this upward social mobility. Mm-hmm. They had extremely high expectations for both Jennifer and Felix. So Felix Jennifer is be- the brother? Felix is the younger brother, yes. Okay. Jennifer began taking piano lessons at age four, mm-hmm. as well as figure skating lessons. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't take piano, but I did take figure skating. I took well, piano those, and not figure skating. So together whoa, we are the, a whole person. The yin, the yin and the yang. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> she dreamed of becoming an Olympic skater and eventually was training almost every day of the week. Wow. There were many nights in elementary school when Jennifer would come home from skating practice at 10 p.m. and stay up until midnight finishing her homework. So in elementary school, that's the age of like six to, to like nine, ten years old. Yeah. She was burning the candles like at a, both ends. Yeah, if you're in like a K through five elementary yes. school. She was that taking a strenuous, two strenuous extracurriculars that are like taxing on your body. Right. And had to come home and finish her homework. That's Ooh. a trauma in itself. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're just an exhausted kid and then don't let her be in my class because then I come in and I'm like, hey, slide me those answers. Let me get that. Right. <laughs> I'm, changing, I'm changing eight, making it wrong on purpose. You know, I'm playing those kind of games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, so I'm sure that, you know, there were people doing that to Jennifer as well. So she's being taken advantage of from all these different angles. Her fingers mm-hmm. hurt, her feet hurt. You want to sit hurts. next to Jennifer in class. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. She's burning the candles at both ends. I don't even know how. Well, no, I'm sure her parents made her. I'm sure she got good grades. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you have to succeed in all of the things. Oh, yeah. Or you're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Jennifer's uh, figure skating dreams were dashed when she tore a ligament in her knee. <gasps> no. Before, be- like before middle school, this happened. N- they no. ran her into the ground. In eighth grade, she reportedly began self-harming by cutting. Eighth grade. So by, she's so by eighth grade, she was like, she was like, she was like tarnished goods by eighth grade, like yeah, you know, in, in her thing. parents' mind. Anyway, they're like, yeah, well, your your you know your figure skating dreams are gone. Yeah, by you, eighth grade, oh. you're used up. Oh, that's too bad. Insane. This poor kid. 
For high school, she attended Mary Ward Catholic Secondary School, where she played the flute in the school band, as well as numerous other extracurricular activities, in addition to which she, she was expected to get straight A's. Dang. So she had a lot of friends. Yeah. I'm God. sure she had, a, she had so many friends. With all that free time. Um, so much all that free flute time. playing and yeah. getting straight A's. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, high school kids notoriously love both those things. Uh-huh. Yes. According to one of Jennifer's high school friends, so she had at least one. Okay. Uh, many people viewed Han as the classic tiger dad, mm-hmm. while Bic was his reluctant accomplice. Mm-hmm. So the wife was more so subdued and just mm-hmm. went along with the dad, and, and the dad was very much, you know, the on driving her force behind this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Okay. Jennifer Jennifer was never allowed to attend parties or date boys. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, her parents would allow her to attend a sleepover with her girlfriend, but they always dropped her off late and picked her up early. Okay. So right, as soon as you get there, go to sleep. You're, you're yep. We drop you off at midnight, pick you up at 6 a.m. Oh. Yeah, everyone's so already jacked like you, up They on- literally like, let you sleep at somebody's yeah, house. Yeah, they're only there to sleep. That's it. <laughs> already jacked up on Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yeah. They've already played light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, you missed you all miss the fun. all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You come right over and just and hit the Z's. You know, that's no, that's no sleepover. No. That's, you know, it's like a diet sleepover, and that's no fun. Mm-mm. No, sugar-free sleepover, literally. <laughs> For sugar-free, it's like a Susquehanna <laughs> sleepover, yes. Uh, so Jennifer struggled with her high school classes. Um, she received B's and C's in most of them. Okay, same. Which is and great. I wasn't doing, which is like, yeah, I wasn't fine. doing any fine. of this shit that she was doing, this poor kid. That's fine. That's all passing. You're good that's to go. All, yes, you're above board. I was just yeah. fucking off with yes. Amanda and Kenyon during yep. this time. That's where my B's and C's came from. Yeah. <laughs> The exception was music, where she excelled. Mm. Unwilling to reveal to her parents that she was not meeting their expectations, she began forging her report cards to make it look like she had earned straight A's, which is a talent in and of itself. Been mm-hmm. there. Ocean's Eleven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. At first, she told herself that this deception didn't matter very much, as colleges would not be concerned with her grades from ninth and 10th grade. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, sure. That's a also good Also to- told myself that. Yeah. And then you go, or 11th, it's really 12. You just keep pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and she kept, ju- she just needed to keep her parents off her back and would raise the grades later. Mm-hmm. She was eventually accepted into Ryerson University, but she continued to struggle with some of her classes. Mm-hmm. When she failed calculus, when she failed calculus, when Calcul- she failed calculus, <laughs> when she failed that calculus, <laughs> Ryerson, <laughs> Ryerson rescinded their offer. And rather than reveal this failure to her parents, Jennifer concocted an elaborate plan to pretend she was attending Ryerson in the fall when, in fact, she had not even graduated high school because of her because of her calculus grade. Oh, my God. Oh, this my gosh. Is, I would do this without this any a, of the pressure she was under. I would a, do this. This is a fantastic Jonah Hill movie, by the way. It's uh, Jonah Hill and Justin Long. And <laughs> oh, I think it's yeah. Ex- accepted, I think it's called. They just make it up is. a college. because Yes. The, yeah. None of them get in the school, to the school they wanted to go to. They just make up a school. They made That's up a community college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic film. Good, good, good times. Fun good movie. One. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. So she convinced her parents that she was handling tuition with a combination of loans and a scholarship that she had won. Okay. And pretended to, this is, she's a great liar. Yeah, she's thorough. She's thorough. Yeah, she, yeah. and she got an A in line. Mm-hmm. And pretended to commute to class each day. So she was still living at home because she couldn't go into a dorm, but she could have been like, I want to live at home. I'll just commute to class. Exactly. She's, oh my God, I'm running late, guys. I can't even talk right now. She hops on a skateboard. Okay. <laughs> in reality, she was teaching piano lessons and working part-time in a restaurant to earn money. Good for her. Yeah, she's independent, but also a liar. So mm-hmm. you know, she's you know she's handling it. She's, she's, she's doing her. She's it's doing. A lot, she, hey, it's a lot to juggle. She's, she's doing, doing her. Best. Yeah, she's doing her. 
<laughs> lying is exhausting. It is. Yeah, lying, yeah, lying is the most fun a girl can have. Panic at the Disco song. Uh, she was also spending time in, libra- in libraries researching the topics she claimed to be taking classes on. Oh, she, oh man, she really went the extra, extra mile. Well, she knows her dad's going to ask. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she became knows. an expert in calculus to spite her, her, her man, that's good. She just this went, is elaborate. She, she got all the college credits yes. without any of the college yes. credits. She's an astrophysicist. Yeah, with, with none of the credits. <laughs> oh, GED. <laughs> Yeah, so she became an expert in these classes just so she could, you know, she could just, uh, continue to deceive her parents. She also reconnected with a boy named Daniel Wong. They had met in high school and had a brief and highly forbidden romance rela- romantic relationship, which, which had ended when he transferred schools after he had been caught selling marijuana. Ooh, the bad, bad boy. boy. Yeah. That Daniel Wong. Oh. Uh, <laughs> after two years of pretending to, be, pretending to attend Ryerson, Jennifer told her parents that she was going Two to transfer years. to the university. <laughs> oh my god! She was going to transfer to the University of Toronto, oh. where she had been accepted into the pharmacology program. Wow, man, this is a really elaborate lie. So now mm-hmm. she's trying to le- flee the country. She's trying yeah, she's to like, flee I'm, to Canada. She's like, you know something? I'm, I'm changing. I'm changing up my major. She's already like, in I mean, Canada. Yeah, oh, well, I guess. Know. I guess I missed that part. You're right. She's moving to <laughs> Toronto, the big city, Toronto. Okay. Her father was thrilled about her, her move to uh, the University of Toronto. And Jennifer continued her charade of going to the library and taking fake class notes and also purchased secondhand textbooks related to pharmacology. So now she's investing money. Yeah, she's, she's spending the money. This just is go a to long school. How about con. just go to school and like just <laughs> that, you know, you, you're really putting a lot of effort into this. Yeah. Just do school with what a house of cards anyway, <laughs> anyway she 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 suggests she suggested to her parents that she could move in with her friend topaz in downtown toronto three nights a week so that she would have to spend less time commuting to and from school okay Smart. that's fair yeah but i'm i think she probably just wanted to party oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like, but well, the, i need some i need some nights away from as home. lies I mean, go that's like a super believable one solid yeah oh my god I, you know i'm gonna stay the night at their house because it's it's closer to school. Right. Yeah. That's the only nine. reason I'm going to sleep there. Mm-hmm. Not because they have their liquor cabinets unlocked. Topaz sounds like a riot. <laughs> <laughs> Big thought this idea made sense and helped and helped Jennifer convince Han that she was responsible enough to live away from home for part of the week. Amazing. Big in new. fact, <laughs> in fact, Jennifer never moved in with Topaz, but began spending three nights a week staying with Daniel and his family. Ooh, the bad boy. The bad, mm-hmm. the Daniel Wong. She told Daniel's parents that Han and Bick had approved of the arrangement, and every time his parents asked to meet them, she fo- she found excuses to brush them off. Mm. So she's lying. She has a whole web of lies. This now. is turning into like a ninety day fiance adjacent. Oh, yeah, it's, a li- yes. it's elaborate. Oh my it's, it's catfish! Elaborate. My webcam's yeah. broken. I mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't on my phone. I don't have a, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom just died of cancer again. Again. Yes, exactly. Again, my, oh man, my grandma got hit by a bus. I can't come meet you at uh, Ruby Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. She found excuses to brush them off. Like I said, when the time came that Jennifer would have would have been scheduled to graduate from the University of Toronto, so oh, she kept God. this up for years. Oh my God! And now it's graduation God. season. Everybody has on their cap and gowns, and it's like now it's your turn. This goes she, so deep. It goes super deep. She told her parents that the university only gave out one graduation ticket per student. <laughs> and that she had chosen to give hers to a friend, an unnamed friend, so as to I not leave either of them I couldn't choose between my parents, so... Yeah, I, so I just gave it to some random person. I gave so it not to Topaz. One ticket. I gave it to Topaz. Really I really wanted to go watch my graduation. 
Oh. Yes. I couldn't choose between the two of you. It was, it was, a, it was a, such an impossible choice. So I gave it to just a random person. Uh huh. Yes. She would later state that I tried looking at myself in third person and I didn't like who I saw. But rationalizations in my head said I had to keep going. Otherwise, I would lose everything that ever meant anything to me. Which, you know, that's understand. That's that's a tough, that's that's stressful. And it's like, you know, you have to keep this facade up because if you don't, you'll lose everything. Everything will crumble. Right. So it's like you're lying, but you're lying to maintain what you have. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a tough spot to be in. Yes. But I don't have the capacity to keep up any of these lies. This no, is this is the most confusing, long lie ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm, that Anna Delvey show. Yes, yes. Totally. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for yo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Why are you lying that? You look tall. <laughs> yo. <laughs> you look tall. My father's so, wiring uh, it. <laughs> problem so with the gra- bang. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a problem okay. with the bang. I promise we'll stop. My problem. <laughs> So after graduation, Jennifer told her parents that she had started working as a volunteer in the blood testing lab at the hospital for sick children. Jesus, come on. I don't, I mean, listen, the I don't lab. know anything about Canada, but that's like the most generic sentence I've ever heard. I, I started doing blood, blood testing, testing at the lab, lab. the hospital, the hospital for sick children. At the hospital for sick children. <laughs> the hospital children. for sick children. Is this a real uh, but, place? And was yeah. this also a lie? Because how... Many yes, credentials do you need to volunteer at a hospital? I would Depends think you need on what you're least, volunteering for, but yeah. <laughs> I would think you need at least some kind of credential to handle blood yep. testing. I hope so. Oh, blood testing. Okay. Well, I don't know how the hospital for sick children handles their business, but, you know, <laughs> at John Hopkins, where I live, you need to have some kind of... You gotta have some credentials. You gotta have some credentials. You gotta have some credentials. I can't get over I don't know how the HFSC does things, but, you know, it, and like, you know... <laughs> At <laughs> like you know MedStar Memorial, you need to have you got to go to some at least like a like a uh, not what is it like you have to have at least a, what is it not a degree but like a some kind of technical class or something you don't have a certificate, certificate or something. yeah you have to have a certificate at least I will not never the, recover from the hospital the for hospital sick for children. sick children that's like the worst lie ever but her parents are like yes nice well we're really proud of you is and it real I'm googling it. I don't think there's it's no real. Way the, there's no the way the hospital that's for real. sick children. There's no way that even in I, Canada listen, that Toronto. can't be real. This has to be a St. Jude's <laughs> or something in front of it. Just the hospital Yo, for sick it's children. It's real. No, no way. Stop. The website is sickkids.ca. <laughs> no way. Dot <laughs> Canada. They have their own. They have their own. <laughs> Sickkids.ca. Yes. It's the it's called the hospital for sick kids. Oh my god. Children. Just, yes. Sick is isn't sick just like pejorative? That's not even like that's is that like, like that's not a diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, you're sick. This, the, all these kids are sick. Full disclosure, <laughs> I just laughed so hard I peed my pants like a tiny little bit. Yeah. Not I'm enough gonna, that I not enough that I have to go do anything about it right now, but I enough that I felt it coming out. <laughs> I'm gonna see yeah. if I can volunteer. Please do. I do. I do blood work at the hospital for steezy children. So, sick is not a diagnosis. Sick children. I love. Okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Surprisingly, guys, the parents soon became suspicious of her lack of hospital ID badge and, mm. or any sort of uniform. Mm-hmm. She was going to work in Abercrombie clothes. Uh, on one occasion, <laughs> Bick followed Jennifer on a day she claimed that she was going to work. And the deception quickly unraveled from there. Uh-oh. Oh, Jennifer told her parents everything. Okay. From her fake university attendance to her relationship with Daniel Wong. <gasps> she spilled Hong the beans. Fe- 
Yeah. She spilled the beans. Yeah. Han was furious and wanted to throw Jennifer out of the house, but Big persuaded him to let her stay. Mm. She was allowed to remain living at home under the strict conditions that she was only allowed to leave the house to teach piano lessons, and her parents took away her computer and cell phone wow. and only allowed her access to them for short periods of time under their supervision. She's like now, 22 she's years old. This is an adult. Yeah, this is an adult gonna, person. That's what I was yeah, just going to ask. This is a person in their early 20s. Okay. This is a person in their early 20s, and but again, it's one of those situations where if all you ever known is these people yep. provide a roof under your head, mm-hmm. you know, you you know, you you know, like you don't know how to survive on your own. The threat of that being taken away from you will make you comply to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Because I would just go, how about no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about I'll see you guys later? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going clubbing. I'm moving know? in with. I'm moving in with Daniel Wong. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> but daddy, yeah. I love him. <laughs> so, 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 so like I said. Bick was more lenient and told her daughter that her phone was hidden and uh, told her daughter where her phone was hidden and allowed her to check her messages, probably from Daniel Wong. Mm -hmm. Jennifer maintained contact with Daniel during this period, although he was beginning to lose patience Mm -hmm. with her situation, which is, you know, I'm in my early 20s. It's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think he lived at home with his parents, too. It's hard to fall in love with unavailable folks yes mm-hmm. but his parents were sick like in the, in the fun way his parents were sick so they wouldn't let, they weren't all up his ass yep and so he's like listen i live with my parents too but your parents are unreasonable yeah next level uh, yeah in february of 2009 jennifer wrote on her facebook page living in my house is like living under house arrest no one person knows everything about me and no two people put together knows everything about me I like being a mystery, Ooh. which is like, that's all right. Yeah. I feel like that's I had that up. on my MySpace page for a while. That's a step up from realize, 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 which was one of the things I would post like at least twice a week on my own Facebook page. Okay. And people were like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're sending anyway. a message. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Jennifer was 24, continuing to live at home and working on finishing her high school degree under her parents' watchful eyes, Daniel had decided to end things. Mm. Now she's going through that a breakup. Heartbreak, that young, that young heartbreak. Mm-hmm. He told Jennifer he could no longer carry on their relationship in secret, and that he had to, and that he had met someone else. Ooh, ouch. a woman named Christine. No, no. Christine, Christine. Oh no, uh, I'm yes. begging of you, please this don't like, take yeah. my man. God, I'm feeling it's like an Olivia Rodrigo album. Mm -hmm. Not long after learning of this relationship, Jennifer contacted Daniel to tell him that a man had come to the house and showed her what looked like a police badge. When she opened the door to him, several men had rushed in and gang raped her. Oh my God. This is her story? This is her story. This is what she told told Daniel Wong. Got it. Okay. After this, she said she received a bullet in the mail and she told Daniel that she believed both of these incidents had been orchestrated by his new girlfriend as warnings to her. Ooh. Okay. So, you know, believe victims, but she has a track record and sure. that just took a weird turn. Yep. And, you know, now I don't, you know, if I was, if I'm Daniel, that's when I go, Christine? Yeah. You know, we have, this was Christine did this? We have context to be skeptical in this, yes. in this case. Especially this given case. her background of Precisely. really complex lies. Exactly. She's a habitual liar mm-hmm. at this point. In the spring of 2010, Jennifer contacted a high school friend named Andrew Montemayor, mm. whom she remembered used a, used to boast about robbing people at knife point. Yikes. Something, Monta, something Montemayor de- denies. He's like, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> She's lying. She's lying. What? And even if, I did, even if I did say it, why are you a tattletale? Yeah, yeah narc. Yeah. <laughs> so 
When Jennifer discussed her difficult relationship with her father, to Montemayor, he confessed that on occasion he had fantasized about killing his own father. Mm. Through Montemayor, Jennifer also got to know his roommate, a goth kid named Ricardo Duncan. Okay. Ooh, the goth, goth roommate. Kids. Me too. I love, yeah, I love goth kids. As a the former goth kid. Yeah, the commitment to like, I'm a vampire oh. is underrated. It's 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 some of the best fa- it's some of the best cosplay. It's incredible. It's LARPing, it's all of those things. Yeah. And you're doing it in just public. You're not doing it in the, the safety of a fake realm. Mm-hmm. You're like in a high school, yep. fully prepared to be bullied mm-hmm. and all of those things. Fully and prepared like, I'm a creature to of- suck their blood. Yep. Yes, I'm a creature of the night. Yeah. Drinking Clamato juice. I, I dig all of it. <laughs> bring back bring back goths. Make goths great again. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> make goths great again. That almost works. Make 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 a goth great again. Okay, uh, so, so 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 um yeah. So this goth kid was named Ricardo Duncan. Jennifer would hang out with Duncan in between her piano lessons, and eventually the two hatched a plan for him to murder her father in the parking lot of his work as he left for the day Good from his Lord. job. Great. Okay. This just a casual hangout. You know, you drink a little clamato juice, discuss plans of a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A casual Tuesday afternoon. This escalated quickly. Okay. Yeah. Jenko jeans. Uh, after <laughs> they're at the roller gave, rink planning a murder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Slurpees. Yep. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, Jennifer gave Duncan fifteen hundred dollars from her savings to carry out this plan. Damn, That's really low. Yep. That's a steal. Yeah. Uh, although they had not, although they had not settled on a date for the hit, eventually Duncan stopped answering Jennifer's phone calls. Because he scammed her. <laughs> so and <laughs> she and she came to believe that she had been scammed. Yep. Uh Duncan has maintained that one that on one occasion a hysterical Jennifer called and asked him to kill her parents and he said no. And the only money that she ever had given him was two hundred dollars in which he returned. Now, I don't believe Duncan. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that he scammed her. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, she gave me $200, but I gave it back to her. Right, yeah. no, Let's you get that story, Duncan, because yeah. you're lying. Yeah. You definitely took her $1,500 and then ghosted her. Right. As you, as I would as well. Right. How do we know about yeah. this yeah. $1,500? Was this like forensic accounting? Well, this is this yeah. is all Jennifer. This is Jennifer's telling of her encounter with Ricardo, uh, with Ricardo Duncan. So okay, Jennifer. So Ricardo she, Duncan can, is saying, she confessed no. to trying to hire him to kill her. Yes. Okay. And Ricardo's like, th- she's lying. Yeah. She's a liar. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yes. So, like, he said, he said, no, 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 I didn't take $1,500. She gave me $200, but I even, I returned that. Yeah. Because I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I have morals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not a soul, though. Right. Because I am a creature of the night. Right. Uh, by this point, Jennifer and Daniel had rekindled their relationship, and together they came up with a much more concrete and sinister plan. Hmm. They decided to hire a professional hitman to kill her parents. <laughs> Jennifer would uh, Jennifer would pay by promising ten thousand dollars. You don't have that. More, you don't have that. have that. She missed that fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah. But ten thousand dollars seems more plausible to you. You can't even. I don't even think you can entertain a hitman for less than for that. less than ten thousand no. dollars. Yeah, not a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. fifty. Yeah, not a, yeah. Fifteen hundred dollars. Come on. What is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. promised $10,000 from her eventual inheritance. Oh, oh this is a bad You won't plan. get it right away. You're getting no. it on credit. Yeah. You're cool to get it a year and a half from now yeah. once they do an investigation. Right. So she promised $10,000 from her eventual inheritance, and then she and Daniel would live together with the rest of the money, and which was estimated to be around $500,000. In, in like insurance, life insurance money, if that would go to her. If her Why dad... wouldn't that go to her mother? Because she wants to kill, kill both. both of them. 
You're gonna kill both of them. Oh, I thought it, it was started. Just her dad. It started. She stepped with up. It started dad. with the dad. It started with the dad. Yeah. And then once she, they hired a professional hitman, it's like, they're I like, can't well, we need more money. It. Got yeah. it. Got so it. Got it. So we need to kill kill both of them, and then we get the insurance. This is rational. I'm. Super rational. Yep. I'm following super, now. Yeah, super coherent, cogent thoughts. And, you know, Jennifer is, she also, I mean, she did go to college. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, at least she said she did. Right. Uh, Daniel connected Jennifer. <laughs> she Daniel connected, didn't actually. She, she, she didn't actually. She didn't. She, she's a liar. This is so uh, nice. <laughs> So Daniel connected Jennifer with a man named Linford Roy Crawford. That's a real person for sure. Yeah, Lin- Linford. Yep. Linford Roy Crawford. No, no. Went by the, definitely went not by a the, cop. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a cop. Officer this is not Linford. a sting operation. Mm-hmm. He went by the nickname Homeboy. Oh, no. Now, listen, I don't live in Canada. <laughs> I will not sit up here and pr- pretend to be the most street guy around, but listen, me and my homies have I've never. We don't. Nobody's. I've never met a person who goes by Homeboy. Right, people mm-hmm. don't. You can be a Homeboy. <laughs> this is my Homeboy. Nobody's name is Homeboy. No. So this man's name, his nickname was Homeboy. That just Nobody means that <laughs> none of his acquaintances ever remembered his the name Lenford. Right. Yeah, well, as they should have. What's it's, up, it's, home, have, homeboy? homeboy? Yes. What's up, Homeboy? He's What's like, cool there, nickname, guy? I'm going to run with that. Yep. Yeah. What's up, my man? My nickname's my man. My guy. Everybody calls me that. My guy. Everybody calls me it, so that, I my think it's, like a, it's a sign of endearment. You know, they call me my guy. <laughs> M A G U I, Magai. Magai. Yeah. <laughs> so, M so. apostrophe G U I. M M M Magai. What's up, Magai? Magai. That's just Magai over there. I love this so much. <laughs> so, okay. Daniel. So Daniel also gave Jennifer an iPhone and SIM card so that she could communicate with Crawford without using the without using her real cell phone. Wow. Burner. Crawford agreed to Jennifer's plan and contacted two other men. I'm oh, I need a team. I now. need a this team. A, I need a I need a full team to to kill your middle-aged yep. p- parents who work for a living. Hey man, I'm here yeah. to bring you one last job. You yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> you son in. of a bitch. And then they they Arnold Schwarzenegger high five and they have I'm veins in. in their arms. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, so uh, Eric Sean, whose nickname was Sniper, this is just not. This is this is crazy. I like home guy. Home guy. This is a sniper. These are these are parents. These are Canadian parents. I'm obsessed. Eric Sean Sniper Cardi. Hmm. So that's his full name. Okay. Middle name Sean Sniper is his nickname. Got it. Cardi. Got it. And David Milvaganum. Nailed it. Wow. M Y L V A G A. N A M. Milva Mil- Milvaganam. Milvaganam. Okay. Milvaganam. David Milvaganam. Of all of them, that's, that's the one who needs a nickname. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have one. There's nothing in there's nothing in Why can't he nothing. be sniper? And he God. goes by Milvaganam, probably. Ah. Like they call him Milvaganam. Like they call him by his last Jesus. name. Probably. <laughs> so, however, Daniel s- soon threw a wrench into the plan when when he texted Jennifer to tell her that he realized. He still had feelings for Christine. Oh, that no. Fucking Christine. Which led to the following exchange Jennifer, so you feel for her what I feel for you? Then call it off with homeboy. Oh. Daniel, I thought you wanted this for you. Jennifer, I do, but I have nowhere to go. Daniel, call it off with homeboy? You said you just wanted this with or without me. Jennifer, I want it for me. Daniel, 
I did everything and lined it all up for you. Wow. This is the, these are the worst criminals I've ever seen in my yep. life. This is so detailed. Yeah. In the end, Jennifer decided to go through with the plan. No. Because she did do it for her and not for a man. She doesn't need a man for anything. <laughs> oh, she's my an God. She's an independent murderess. I mean, she's relying on Daniel and three strange men to pull pull this off. But. Very, very true. <laughs> so, 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 like I said, in the end, she decided to go through with the plan. I don't need on no November, more than four men. I don't need, I don't need no man <laughs> except for the four that I need to follow through with this plan yep. of, of murder. <laughs> On November 8th, 2010, Jennifer spent the evening watching TV in her room. Her father went to bed early and her mother was soaking her feet and reading downstairs after returning from a line dancing class. That God, sounds like a great really evening. Sweet. That's adorable. That sounds okay. so fun. Her dogs were barking after that line dancing class. Yeah. Just 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 nuzzling up into a nice book with Fabio on the cover. So I want to fucking soak my feet. Right? Yeah, hell yeah. Don't we all? So Felix who was now a college student studying engineering. That's a little brother. And actually, he actually was. He's <laughs> yep. not, yeah, he was, he, and he was not living at home. He was living at school. Okay. Because he's not a liar. Right. So around 10 p.m., Jennifer went downstairs and said goodnight to her mother and unlocked the front door. Jennifer, no. Unlocked. She then went upstairs and turned on the upstairs light study, which is or like which in the like in their study. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah which was believed to be a study light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah, was yeah. believed to be a signal. Like it probably had a, some kind of window that you could see from the outside. Mm-hmm. Just turn this on mm-hmm. and it'd be like doors, the doors unlocked. unlocked. Yep. Uh huh. Yes. Oh. Yes. And she spent three minutes talking on the phone with David Milvaganam. Mil- 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 yep. Moments yep. later. Milvaganam, <laughs> along with Crawford and Cardi, entered the house carrying guns. No, these the idiots. Men, yes, the men dragged Han and Bick to the basement and covered their heads in blankets. No. Bick was shot three times in the head and Han was shot in the face and shoulder. Oh <gasps> my God. I didn't think she would ever, I didn't think anyone would, holy shit. Brutally murdered, yes. So they're Fuck. dead? Oh yeah. After the gunmen fled, Jennifer called 911. She would later claim that she had she had had her hands tied to a banister oh. with shoelaces, but that she had managed to retrieve her phone from her pocket and dial. So mm-hmm. she had, a, she had, again, this is where the line comes into play. Mm-hmm. And she's also, somebody who lies this much is arrogant, yeah. for sure. Where yeah. she's like, these are foolproof lies. Mm-hmm. Even though I got caught in my whole college scheme. Right. Yep. But she only got caught because it was graduation season. That's the only reason why. If, right. if there was no such thing as graduation, she could have kept the lie up forever oh, in her yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't my fault I got found out. Mm-hmm. So she thinks this is also a brilliant plan. I told the police that I was also, I got tied up and I was able to finagle my phone out of my wallet, my pocket, and that's how I called you guys. Yep. As she was on the phone with the dispatcher, her father emerged from the basement. <gasps> he had oh miraculously had, he had miraculously survived his injuries and managed to crawl upstairs. <gasps> when police arrived, he was rushed to the hospital where he was put into an, a medically induced coma. Oh. Oh my God. Jennifer was brought in for questioning that night. She described how the men had burst into the house looking for money, had taken all the cash in the home, including $1,100 from her mother's nightstand and $2,500 from her own bedroom. Mm. She said that one of the men, Cardi, had remained up. I'm sure she didn't say that though. Mm-hmm. Had remained up. Upsta- yeah. <laughs> had remained upstairs and tied her to the banister while the other two men took her parents down to the basement. She was released that night but brought back in two days later to give another statement and to demonstrate how she had managed to use her phone despite being tied up. Because uh-huh. she never said she, she didn't say she 
got, got herself free. loose from the ties. Which would have been she got her a phone way smarter. Yeah. While still tied to the banister. Ooh. So they're like, can you show us how you, are you Houdini? Are you Chris Angel, the mind freak? Please demonstrate how you were still tied to the banister, but got your phone out of your pocket. Oh, fucking get her. Get her. Then Han awoke from his coma three days later, and he claimed to remember everything, yes. including noticing that his daughter was chatting like a friend with one of the intruders. Oh, Han threw her under the balls. Big time. I mean. I fucking would. I know that she had a rough upbringing, and I'm not saying that these parents were great and that like that kind of pressure can definitely border on yes. abuse. But I think, I think at worst, these parents deserved um, like to be ostracized and like, you know, or right. have a real stern talking to. Like yep, maybe she right. goes off and lives her own life. Right. Have under, her be like, under, fuck you guys you're assholes terms. to me. I'm out this, of here. Yep. This is an extreme response to yeah. over strict parents. This yeah. is a, yeah. it's very extreme. I'll say. So, so yes. So Jennifer was brought in for a third interview. The interrogating officer lied to her. Ooh, familiar. Yeah. Now the tables have turned. How the turntables. How the turntables. Mm. the interrogating officer lied to her and claimed that he already knew she had been involved in arranging that for her parents to be murdered okay jennifer broke down and confessed but claimed that she had actually been trying to arrange her own suicide interesting turn uh she did not have the nerve to go through with it on her own so she had hired the hitman to kill her but wires had gotten crossed. You know how those hitmen mishear things. Mm. Wires had gotten crossed and they ended up killing her parents instead. This is like when, you know, in the movies where they're like, I thought you were here to get, um, right. get, get a, a, you know, a back surgery and they cut off, you're, you're, they give you a vasectomy. Yep. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I, got your charts. I mix your charts up. Yep. Classic. Yeah. I thought you were the other hit I was supposed to do tonight. Yeah. Damn. Happens all Happens the time. All the yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Those, you know how those wires get crossed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to kill her, but they came in and accidentally killed her parents instead. In addition to Jennifer, Daniel Wong, Linford Crawford, David Milviganum, Mm -hmm. and Eric Cardi were arrested as well. Good. Because she she sang like a bird on all of them. Yes. Of course. The trial for Jennifer Pan and her accomplices began on March 19th, 2014. It was expected to last six months, but went on for nearly 10. Dang. More than 50 witnesses testified and more than 200 pieces pieces of evidence were presented including detailed tracking of cell phone locations and lengthy text messages, text message exchanges between Jennifer Pan and Daniel Wong, like mm-hmm. the one I read earlier. Yep. Which, if you just read that one. Yeah, it gives it all away. Guilty. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I thought you wanted Capital your parents G. murdered for you. Yeah. Well, I wanted my, do want my parents <laughs> murdered for me, but I still need you to pay them the money yeah. to do the murder. Fucking idiots. I will, I will continue to broker the murder for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love Christine. Yep. That damn Christine. Yes, it is what the, I want. <laughs> yes. The prosecution described Pan's hatred of her parents and her obsession with Wong as motives. Ultimately, Pan, Wong, Milvignam, and Crawford were all convicted on December 13th, 2014, and each received a life sentence with no chance for parole for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Eric Cardi was, tri- was tried separately at a later date and was also convicted. Mm-hmm. Han and Felix requested a court order that banned Jennifer from ever contacting members of her surviving family again. Ooh. And this was granted. Ooh. The Jennifer Pan case 
sent shockwaves across Canada and the Asian diaspora and set off debates over whether she was a cold-blooded killer or an overworked kid who had cracked under the impossible pressure. Now, mm-hmm. this, is, this is interesting because... Both of those things can be true. Right. This was the same kind of argument for the kid that shot a Virginia Tech. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And it's like, he did this horrible thing, but if we care about mental health like we say we do in society these days, mm-hmm. then you need to acknowledge that people have mental breaks. Mm-hmm. Now, how culpable that makes them or not makes them, is that's I guess that's the argument to have. But right, clearly right. Jennifer Pan had been under immense pressure since she was like five years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reached a breaking point of some kind. Yeah. Now, was it an overcorrection? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But it was a factor in the overcorrection was the way she was treated by her parents. Well, and mm-hmm. there's so something just, to be said for how, like, if you're lying so much for for that long, your understanding of what's reality and what's not can start to get really blurry. Yes. Yeah. And I know the stakes. Yeah. And if the only time she was really caught... She could sort of explain away with, oh, well, it was situational, you know. Mm-hmm. In her mind, she doesn't get caught. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So just, this, yeah, it, just gives her sort of giving a, herself permission to just do whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's an, it's, and it's an extreme version of there's that kid. His name's Eric something, that redhead kid with the glasses where he was playing baseball with his neighbor and he <gasps> hit her with the baseball. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. and then she was hurt. And his, his parents were very strict. And he was scared of his parents. So he smothered her and then hit right, her, hit her right. under the bed. Mm-hmm. And it was all because he didn't want. It was all because he didn't want to get in trouble. Right. It was all the the programming of my parents are strict. I don't want to have to deal with these problems. I don't want to get punished. I don't want to get a whooping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, an eight year old kid or ten or something. He was under a twelve. Mm-hmm. Hit a body. Help them look for the kid. Like the yeah. the extreme lengths you go through out Dang. of the fear of consequences. We're capable of some fucked up shit. For sure. And when you mm-hmm. think that the most intense consequence is going to be that of your parents mm-hmm. rather than oh, like, man. I don't know, life in prison. Right. Well, taking someone Tough. else's life. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, a stern so, talking to from a parent can, in, in the moment, can seem feel like, like way worse than prison. Especially if they're not mad, they're just disappointed. Oh. oh let's mm-hmm. not God. do that. What is it about that? Mm, hate it's it. horrible. It's bad. God. <laughs> just the, just the, the indifference of like, yeah. no, I just, I just thought you were better than that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. It's Ow. worse. Hurts. Oh, God. Okay. Jennifer is still serving a sen- her sentence at a women's prison in Ontario. Her brother Felix moved oh, away hmm. from Toronto to escape the gossip about his family and works for a private technology company. Or at least he says he does. I don't know if those lies run yeah, in the well. family. <laughs> Han, was, <laughs> Han was never able to return to work and suffers from constant pain from his injuries, as well as anxiety attacks and insomnia. He moved yeah. in with relatives nearby to avoid returning to the house where, he, where his wife was murdered. Mm-hmm. And he was unable to find a buyer for the house. Oh, God. Uh, so now he's he has in stated financial. That, yeah, geez. He's yeah. Still, like, still paying a mortgage on a house he can't bear yeah. to go into. Yeah. Uh, he has stated that he has given up all his previous hobbies, such as gardening, working on cars, and listening to music. Sad Han. Yeah, sad Han. As none of them bring him joy anymore. Oh. So thanks, Kenya. That's the end of it. Uh, that's how it <sighs> ends. Um, she so, is awful. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, oh, that was a really dark end of that. Oh, yeah. I really, really uh, Sounds about right. Well, that right. was it. Yeah. <laughs> 
He no longer finds joy in music. The end. Well, let's hear a word (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awful. I mean, man. Yeah. Man, paying mortgage on a house you can't bear to go into anymore. Oh, yeah. What a heartbreaking scene. Salt in the wound. In this market, that might be the worst part. Yep. Of this whole case. Well, so yes, try that was the story of Jennifer Pan and her elaborate wow. plan, not so elaborate, her plan to murder her parents for Daniel Wong. Yep. Well, God. Well, we've all been in love with a drug dealer before. We have. We have. Can confirm. Can well, well um, done. Yeah. Well done, Alvin. Nice you job, Alvin. Definitely. Thank you. Thank all right. You, let's thank take you. a quick. Oh, God. Yes. Let's take a quick. Break and then we will come back and get to my case and wrap this sucker up. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I love HelloFresh. I want to shout do. it from the rooftops. But daddy, I love him. I do. I love him or her or they or neither. <laughs> so now more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save some money. In fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout and is even cheaper than grocery shopping too. And guess what? With these pre-portioned ingredients, you're not wasting a ton of food. Yeah. That gives me such anxiety. I absolutely hate it. I know. So I, HelloFresh is just here to make my life so much easier. It's the move. Also, you can easily customize your meals with Hello Custom by swapping out proteins or sides. You can upgrade your choice proteins. So if you want to go from like meat and veggies to more like pescatarian kind of things. Yeah. Or if you just want to cut out meat altogether. The other day I made um, smashed black bean tacos. Yeah, You heard that right. Yeah. Uh, so you also make this like creamy slaw. It's got pickled onions in it. It has this like red pepper crema. It is like, Stop. it was the best. Stop. Yeah. Oh. But then so put some cheese on top, some cilantro. I love it. Also, HelloFresh works with your schedule. Their plans are flexible, and you can change your meal preferences, update your delivery day, and even change your address with just a few taps on the HelloFresh app. So don't be afraid of this subscription. This is actually going to be the best thing that has ever happened to your dining table. Seriously. So go to HelloFresh.com slash GALS16. That's G-A-L-S-1-6. And use that code GALS16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Y'all, this is a huge offer. So one more time, go to HelloFresh.com slash GALS16 and use code GALS16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. And treat your kitchen. So we're supposed to go to the OBGYN once a year for our annual checkups and shout out to my OB. She gives a great pap. Very, very impressive. (laughs) Uh, But checking in with our fertility is not usually a thing until we're like trying to have kids or trying to, you know, make long term plans for not having kids. It's just like not something you really think about until you have to think about it. And then once you do, it might be like kind of overwhelming overwhelming. (laughs) than you thought it would be. (laughs) 
<laughs> so let modern fertility help you out, okay? Let them help you. Yes, let it work. That is exactly why modern fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You just mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. It is remarkably fast. So mm -hmm. when you get your results, you'll get to see insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve. So it's like how many eggs you have compared to other yeah. people with an ovarian reserve. And That's a big one. Yeah. You kind of want to know how you're sitting, you know? Kind of. Uh, yeah, and also just other important fertility factors. There's seriously so much information. These results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download these results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional mm -hmm. testing can cost over $1,000. Uh, no, thank you. Ugh. But modern yeah, fertility no. gets you the exact same information at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash gals, you can get $20 off your tests. Also, mm -hmm. if you have an HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars toward modern fertility. Found money. I love an HSA. Yeah, so, it's a no-brainer. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future or you're just curious about your own body, clinically yep. sound information can help you make the right decision for you. Honestly, I am not planning on having children and I've done these kits just to get an idea of my hormone levels and like what I'm working with. It's important to know no matter what. Yeah. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. One more time, modernfertility.com slash gals and treat your knowledge. Trade it. Wearing a bra in general when it's hot and humid and sticky outside uh, is not ideal. It's the worst. It's even worst. less ideal when said bra doesn't make your boobs look amazing. Yeah, your boobs look should. like crap and your bra material doesn't breathe. So it's just like two cups of hot soup holding oh, your boobs my Lord. in. <laughs> well, that painted a picture. Sure did. <laughs> So the right bra can take your summer fit to the next level, whether it's the material, the fit, the shape, it can change the game. So upgrade your summer top drawer with a third love bra for every occasion, such as their best-selling 24-7 t-shirt bra, mm -hmm. form wireless, unlined, and strapless styles. Ugh, love. I will never go back to wired bras. No, seriously. Summer or winter. Yeah. And Third Love offers so many wireless bras. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So these mm -hmm. new limited edition styles and colors work with any outfit so your boobs will always look their best. And I am obsessed with that t-shirt bra. Oh. Obsessed with it. Yeah. I like the plunge, the V plunge mm -hmm. one too. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, I got two different sizes of boobs. Yeah. I'm working with two. I'm working with not identical twins here. Yeah. They're sisters, not twins. Yes. And Third Love offers so many different styles that I prefer the ones with the removable cups underneath yep. so yep. that I can put both of them on my right. small side, if yes. I'm being honest. And then it look nice and symmetrical. And like I said, this fabric is just so breathable. It's just of the ultimate in comfort. It's seriously the best. And the 24-7 Classic T-shirt bra, this is their number one best-selling bra. And it's like that for a reason. 
This puppy forms to your body to make your boobs look their best. Plus, the straps won't slip. There's no pinching or digging or like... Something that always happens to me is the clasp in the back will get like blasted out because I was not buying good quality bras. (laughs) And then it just like... You take your bra off at the end of the day and your back is covered in like deep scratches and you're like, how did I just put up with that all day? I know. Like literally how? We're so used to it. We just don't even we just feel don't even pain think about anymore. It. Seriously. And they literally invented half cups like Lucy says. So you can always get the right fit. And this bra and I believe all of their bras come in sizes A through H and like Lucy mentioned, Third Love's exclusive half cup sizes. And if you are just completely lost in the world of your boobs right now, take (laughs) the fitting room quiz. Your bra size can change six or more times throughout your life. So you might think that you have a solid grasp on what size your boobas are. You might be wrong. You're probably wrong. You're like those odds are high that you're wrong. So Third Love makes it easy to find a bra that actually fits with their fitting room quiz. The fitting room quiz is like a personal shopper, but it's better because it focuses on size. It focuses on breast shape, which is something that always gets skipped over when you go to like a big box store for a big boob box store. (laughs) Uh, It focuses on current fit issues. Maybe you've got spillage. Maybe you've got cup gapping. Maybe your straps are slipping. Maybe, you know, you got all kinds of issues. And your style that you prefer to find bras that are perfect for you. And the fitting room quiz has helped 18 million boob havers find their true bra size. So you're next, baby. Yeah, your number is up. Mm-hmm. Feeling is believing. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support you deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash gals and treat your boobies. Treat them. Mine is also sad. So here we go. Great, great, great. Awesome. Our story takes place in the 90s in the Carolinas. Mm, Beautiful. On May 13th, 1998, the body of a woman was found, like, discarded on the side of, like, a frontage road that Mm. ran alongside Interstate 85 in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The woman was Asian. She was in her early to mid-40s, and she was clearly a victim of homicide. Her wrists and ankles had been bound, though the bindings had either been removed or simply, like, broken away. Um, But ligature marks remained, and that's how they could determine that. And an autopsy determined that her cause of death was suffocation, Mm. possibly by strangulation. But they knew that, like, they could even if they couldn't tell if it was strangulation or like another means of suffocation, she couldn't breathe, and that's how she died. Okay. So composite sketches of her were released, but she didn't match anybody in any missing persons database that would be like in that time frame with her time of death. And nobody called in with information about her, and the case just went cold. Five months later and 200 miles away under a billboard along the same interstate 85 in Mabane, North Carolina. So we were in South Carolina. Now we're in North Carolina. A landscaping crew was hard at work cutting the grass around and beneath a big billboard that was like right off the highway. In an absolute shock to the crew, the remains of a young boy were found in the tall grass. The remains were badly decomposed. Like there was one article where the one of the guys on the crew said they only that he only noticed it because like the sun reflected off of the skull. Oh wow! Of this, oh, this wow. Like this actual the skull. Yeah. Oh like, wow! The exposed kind of sun dried skull. He was of this there child. for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. The grass was the grass was tall. Yeah, well, they were there yep. to cut the grass down. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is September. So the child had been deceased. They figured for like the better part of maybe not the year, but like at least a couple months. Yeah. So through the through the summer. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the North Carolina sun had sped up decomposition, and so it was like he could have passed away or been killed two months ago or like seven or eight months ago and it would kind of be the same mm-hmm. spot that we're in now because of that direct sunlight. Yeah. This detail is like not one that I'm including just to be macabre, but to like establish the challenge that investigators had in front of them because it's 1998 and they need to identify this boy. Yeah. So this is from Wikipedia, quote, the child was wearing khaki shorts, white socks and matching underwear and black and white shoes that appeared to have been purchased recently. Mm. His shorts pocket was found to contain $50. The child had straight dark brown hair about three to four inches in length, likely had a light brown to fair complexion, and likely had brown eyes. The boy was initially thought to have been Hispanic and possibly a migrant worker or the child of a migrant worker. The boy had no fillings in his teeth, but he did have preventative dental sealing in multiple teeth as well as a slight overbite with erupting upper canines, which I totally had as a kid, which may have been noticeable when he smiled or spoke. Mm. The boy likely died during the spring or summer of 1998. End quote. So autopsy results determined that the boy had been the victim of a homicide and that the cause of death was strangulation. As with the woman in South Carolina, sketches were circulated and they used the information they had to cross-check missing children's cases, but came up empty. Like, no missing child was a match for this kid. Well, they probably also have such a broad window, like you said, because of the they can't really tell how long the de- right. when the decomposition could have happened. So, so seven to two at, months, you know. Right. They're looking at, like, a fuck ton of cases and they're not seeing anything that matches. That matches. That's wild. So that just indicates that it was not reported. Right. And not knowing that these two cases, like the case of the woman in South Carolina and the boy in North Carolina were at all related, different states, different investigators. There are no leads for either of them. And the boy's case went cold as well. Mm. The nameless boy would be referred to for years as the boy under the billboard, Mm. which just broke my fucking heart. Yeah. So... As in many missing persons cases or unidentified remains cases, the discovery of the child received much wider attention than the discovery of the woman months prior. Not only were sketches of the child made, but estimations of, like, parents were sketched. Like, this kid might look like this. That means their parents might look like this. Like, they were trying fucking anything in the hopes of, like, sparking somebody's memory. The case was also taken on by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who used their team of experts to create multiple reconstructions with the still kind of like in its infancy, but expanding CGI technology that was available in the late 90s, early 2000s. The remains were also tested using forensic palynology, which is studying pollen and spores found on or even like in the lungs of a victim to determine places that they'd been prior to their death. Like forensic botany. Yep. They also use isotope analysis, which, as we know, puts cats in wigs, mm-hmm. and that tells you, like, where they may have been located for extended periods of time or where they had been born. Mm. So these forensic analyses suggested that the child was originally from the United States, specifically Alabama or Georgia, and this gave investigators more of a targeted area to find leads, holding out how the hope that someone in these states would recognize the sketches or the CGI renderings, but still nothing. 
20 years goes by. Oh, Not a no. single lead. Mm-hmm. God. 20 fucking years. So it's 2018 now. Technology had advanced considerably in that time. So in 2018, the case of the child was looked at more closely. Genetic testing provided some hitherto unknown details. It wasn't like his DNA was being matched against other people, but they were almost doing like an, a 23andMe ancestry. Mm. So that they can update their sketches of this child because they may have been sketching like a completely different, you know, skin tone. So are you, saying, are you, are you saying they used it to try, try to find people that were re- like related to him in some kind of way? Eventually, to- yes. But initially it was just to figure out like, what is this boy's heritage essentially? Yeah. Got it. So, so they like could you like can see hair if- color and, and things like that. Yep. Okay. Got, or okay, like, got it, got exactly. you know, maybe they're of Asian descent or Hispanic exactly. or whatever. So they had originally thought that the little boy was Hispanic, but this was not the case. And they found this out in the ancestor DNA that he was a biracial child of European and East Asian parentage. Oh, wow. So further examination of the remains under a more technologically advanced lens determined the time of death to be during June or July of 1998. So that meant the boy had been laying unnoticed under the billboard for like the just summer. over two months. Yeah, just yeah. Hot, so in the hot summer. summer. Wow. Yep. Yikes. Around the time they released more information on this case, another famous case was Cracked that gave investigators an idea. That case, of course, is the Golden State Killer case, mm. which used familial DNA to identify that fucking rat, Joseph D'Angelo. Yes. Mm-hmm. So investigators took this opportunity to run the boy under the billboard through their DNA database and pray that some family member had submitted their results to like the GEDmatch database. So Barbara Ray Venter, who is a forensic scientist who was essential in the DNA identification of Joseph D'Angelo, took on this little boy's case. She was able to track down a familial DNA match to a first cousin, a young woman named Natalie Mosteller. Natalie had spent the last 20 years trying to reconnect with the cousin that she had grown up with. She was the oldest of three girls, and Natalie had grown up in Ohio near where her cousin lived, and the two had become like siblings. So her she cousin consider- meaning the boy. Yep. Mm. The, the one who matched the DNA. And she hadn't seen him in over 20 years. Oh. Yep. She considered him the little brother that she never had. Oh. She recalls that when her aunt and uncle, her little cousin's parents, encountered problems in their marriage, her aunt had decided to divorce him and return to her home of South Korea with her son. Or so the family had been told. Oh. Family secrets. Yep. Family secrets. So Natalie had been all over Facebook and other social media entering her cousin's name in the hopes that they could reconnect, thinking that he had just moved to South Korea with his mom. And that's why they hadn't seen him. So she even went as far as to hire a private investigator. She said, quote, it was nagging in the back of my head once Bobby, that was her cousin's name, and we'll get to all of the names, would have come of age that he didn't try to reach out to us, she said. Any attempts that I made on Facebook to try and find him, they didn't come up with anything. Mm. End quote. But in her worst case scenario, like family in South Korea had maybe like turned him and her aunt against the family in America because what had gone down in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so this she was like, I just figured this was why I was never able to find him online. And she was completely unprepared for the truth behind their disappearance. Of course. So the little boy was identified as Robert or Bobby Witt, born in Michigan in January of 1988. Bobby was the son of Natalie's uncle, a Caucasian male named John Russell Witt, and his wife, a Korean woman named Myung Hua Cho. 
Natalie recalled Bobby as a sweet boy who loved playing video games and air hockey. Quote, he had an air hockey table in his bedroom, she said. What? Yeah, such a cool kid. That is a flex. Air hockey. I know. Air hockey table in his bedroom. That's, that's nuts. That's like a two-car garage it. with an ice fridge. That's beyond. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Anti-gravity game in your yep. room? In your room. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Alvin's mind just... Exploded. He probably had a gumball machine too. What's oh, next? Locked. <laughs> Ugh, he, this kid deserved all the gumballs, yeah. whatever he wanted. Natalie's mother, Barbara, also had loving memories of time with her nephew, Bobby. She said, Bobby was a very brilliant little boy and he was funny. He had a real dry sense of humor. My young was also funny and fun. Literally, I'm going to have to say, probably the hardest working person that I've ever known in my life. Mm. So they really loved like my young and Bobby. Yeah. They, the family... Very much got along. There were no issues. I love right. a funny kid. I know. Mm-hmm. So, I love air you know, Natalie and Barbara were extremely sad when in 1998, the Wits moved back to North Carolina. They were all living together in Ohio. She was seeing that they were over at each other's houses all the time. Now the family's moving away. They're devastated. Myung and John had originally met while John was in the Air Force and serving in South Korea. And they wed after a short time, possibly because Myung had become pregnant with Bobby. Mm. Uh, but I can't confirm that. Sure. And she moved with him to the, to the United States to get married and raise their child together. First, they were living in Ohio near their family. Then they returned to North Carolina. But about 10 years into their marriage, John started having an affair. Uh. Rather than fucking getting divorced. Yes. Which is just, arguably just, the best option. Just yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Just do that. He decided to eliminate his wife entirely so that he could get on with his new life. Jesus fucking Christ. I never under- It's crazy how often this is the way that a lot of these stories play out. And they're like, yep. well, I have, I'm having an affair. And if I could kill my family, current my current yep. family, then that'll make space for my new plans. It's like, right. It'll just be easier get, for me. Get divorced. Well, man. and he started out just just killing her. And then his mistress moved into his house shortly after he killed my young. But allegedly, the mistress didn't get along with little Bobby. Jesus. So one night in July of 1998, John took Bobby for a drive. This is his own son. His own son. Jesus. According to court records, quote, he requested that Bobby get in the back seat and told him they were going to play a game, told him to lie down with his eyes closed. At that time, he crawled into the back seat, got on top of Bobby, and suffocated him with a towel. Oh, my God. That's probably exactly what he did. Well, not exactly, but. It's some, like, Chris Watts fucking shit. Big time. It's Big bizarre time. that, Literal like, family so annihilator. much time between these two, because that's yeah. not usually the case. Yeah, like five months or like something. tried wow. to live a new life with, his, with yep. his new girlfriend and the kid. Yep. Who was, and- like, 10. Yeah. Yep. So it was probably like, old. where the fuck is my mom? Mm-hmm. And the idea that you'd be like, a woman would come there or any person would come there and be like, this kid is uh, annoying. Yep. Yeah. Can he go? Like, what? Well, you like- and and mm-hmm. so like, that's exactly what happened. Like the mistress comes in, this kid's annoying. Let's get him out of here. So John told her that he had taken Bobby oh, to the airport. It to put him on a plane and send him to South Korea to be reunited with his mom. Since he wasn't getting along with his new flame, he was like, oh, I can handle this. I'll take him to the airport. His mom moved back to South Korea with family. Oh, he told her that too? 
Oh yeah, he told oh. everyone in the family, everyone that and the she mis- had moved to South she Korea. She abandoned her. She abandoned her left son. her son. Yep, with them. Then all of a sudden, Bobby's gone. Oh well, Bobby and Myung are now reunited in South Korea. They don't want anything to do with me or us, so they're that gone. Is so, so nobody awful. filed a missing persons report for either of them. No, like th- they're in they another just, country now. Yeah, they're gone. they just took him at his word. God. Yep. And, and she was originally from South Korea, right? Yes. So it's like that it's believable that she has family like there home. like S- a dual yeah. citizen in some kind of way. Exactly. And this is like 98 you said, right? So there's no Google, there's it's just like nope. people would when if you said somebody moved to another country in 1998 it's like well you then go bon voyage, yep. you know. Yeah. Okay, bye. You're yeah, an wow. impossibly far away now. Exactly. We don't have any communication. And this fucking guy didn't even get like a whole bunch of freedom after his heinous fucking murders because he landed himself in jail after multiple armed robbery attempts in 1999. What a fucking idiot. Like so many of them. He, I think he had like robbed six banks and then like threatened violence with a deadly weapon on like two or three people. So he was sentenced to 20 plus years at a federal prison. So he like oh. killed, and they and they still have no idea that he is also a murderer. So he's in jail. Oh God, they have no clue. So like, at least this made tracking him down to add additional charges of murder very yeah, easy he because easy. he was already in jail when the t- twenty years after these crimes were committed, he was still sitting there. Easy to find. Listen, clearly so in, they were they were living a they were living a very high end lifestyle. I mean, an yep. air hockey table in home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were living above their means for sure. Mm-hmm. So actually, now when I think about it that way, I'm not surprised that he was robbing banks. You know, who knows what yeah. else they were doing? They probably had like a slurpee percent. machine. Things that people don't they're not supposed to you're not supposed to have in your home. Well, and my young, as Barbara remembers her, is the most hardworking person she'd ever met. Maybe my young mm, is the breadwinner. Is, is the breadwinner? Maybe she's working, and now she's gone. Yeah, and he's you know it's just he thought it's he could a do it without mess. her. Yep, I'll, so wrong. I'll, that's speculation, but maybe. Alternatively, if he was robbing banks to provide for the family previously, similar to Alvin's case, mm-hmm. he got away with it. Might as well keep yep. doing it. Yeah, might as well. There are no yep. repercussions, and that well, might be why he killed these people too. It's like, well, well, breaking he the didn't law. start robbing. He didn't start robbing banks until after he had already murdered his wife and child. Do we know that? And then he. Yes, we do know okay. that. Mm. And then he was out robbing banks because he went to jail like within the year of him killing his wife and child. He went to jail for this. Mm-hmm. So maybe he had started robbing banks before he killed them. But like either way, he was consistently robbing banks. After after she was it, gone. Yeah, after she was gone. I'd also a, be yeah. willing to bet he was doing something to break the law Fucking before probably. that. You don't yeah. just pop off you don't with just, homicide yeah. of your wife and son. But I as, mean, this yeah. fucking guy's a gem, yeah. so. As a man, I can attest, before we move on, I can attest to the idea that a dude would be like, this girl's so annoying. I mean, I could do so much better without her. I mean, the bills just get paid on their own, right? and everything <laughs> runs fine here. Good. It'll just keep running that way when I get her out of my life. And yeah. then nope. it, she's gone, and it's like, Guess why I'm a bank house, robber now. Why is the house being foreclosed on? I don't understand. It's like, so I could understand. Where did all the magic money go? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of foresight. Uh-huh. So in 2020, John Witt pled guilty to two counts each of second degree murder and concealing a death. He was sentenced to 26 to 32 years for each murder to be served consecutively after he completes a stint in federal prison for robbery that won't wrap up until 2037. So he's going to die in prison. Okay, bye. Yeah. 
His family had been absolutely blindsided by the secret that he had been keeping. So, like, Barbara's his sister, and Natalie is his niece, and, like, they had a relationship. Yeah. Like, they were looking I don't think for they him. Had, they yeah, they didn't have... God. Well, they didn't... Yeah, they didn't... And they didn't have much of a relationship after he went to prison for the armed robbery stuff, but, like, they were very close growing up. Yeah. They still have a hard time wrapping their heads around this, as all of their memories of John and Bobby were also happy ones. Natalie described Bobby as John's, quote, little sidekick, and said the family thought the two were super close. She said, quote, my uncle did have a really close relationship with his son, we thought. That was his little sidekick. They did everything together. All outward appearances, they seemed to be a normal family, a normal, loving family. They seemed like everything was okay. There was nothing that would make us think that there was a problem. Ugh. So when he opened up about the issues in his marriage or like planted seeds about the issues in his marriage and said that my young and Bobby were going to Korea, they took him at his word and really had no way to follow up. Like you mentioned earlier, Alvin, Natalie says, quote, how were you supposed to find someone in South Korea in the late 1990s and early 2000s? We had no reason not to believe him. So she believes after seeing her uncle brought to justice that he has no remorse for his crimes, although he claims otherwise. At his sentencing, he said he was haunted by these killings and that he still loved his wife and son. He also claimed that he had made an attempt on his own life in prison in 2001 because of his guilt. But as far as I read, this wasn't corroborated. So who knows? But I'll finish this out with Natalie's words, who never gave up on finding her cousin. Quote, all that effort that we put forth to try and find them, it made it seem like it wasn't for nothing. Because frankly, if she hadn't put the pieces together with this investigator through the DNA... Never been solved. Mm-hmm. We we may have never connected the mom even. Yeah, like there's so many missing pieces that the family was able to be like, yeah, that's my cousin. They've been missing since this time, and like, and maybe she submitted her DNA for the genealogy stuff. I think she, I think she did in order to find them. Also, I think she did because they are their first cousins. They are blood related. Like obviously, that's how this case got solved. It's just I just think she's so fucking awesome mm-hmm. and. I really feel for her. She says, I'm glad that my family has closure. I'm glad that the entire investigative team that has worked on these cases for the last 20 years finally have some closure. I'm glad that my cousin and my aunt finally have a name and that they're going to be reunited and brought home. Not the boy which they were. the billboard. Yeah, they both were cremated and then the family was able to have like an actual funeral, burial, and like really start closure. their process, process of moving yeah. forward. Yeah. They thought they just lost touch with them. Yeah. Yep. And now they're dead and they've been dead. And they've been dead for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. She continues to say, I am thankful for everyone who has worked on this and who has made it possible for us to finally bring Bobby back home and give us some closure. Our hearts are broken into a million pieces. We had no idea that Bobby and my young were no longer with us and had not been for a very long time. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Isn't that fucking heartbreaking? Yeah. So That's so fucking. Either of you guys seen Lion? Yes. And Dev Patel's looking for Gadoo the whole movie. And then. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, then never mind. Don't worry about it. It's, oh, but Amanda. Yeah. You know. But your heart, uh, just rip it out. Just rip it uh, out. Just rip it out. You're not going to need it anymore. It's, oh my God. Uh, but it's, you know, it's so interesting. Like we live in such a, we live in such a cool time in regards to this story where Chris Watts is such a good uh, example to bring up because when there's the family saying, oh, he was his little sidekick and stuff. But if you had home video mm-hmm. and you have like a behavioral analysis, watch that video. Like Chris Watts, 
everybody's like, oh, he seemed like the perfect dad. And then you have somebody go back and watch footage you of him just being like, the cracks. I don't yeah. know. I don't have, I don't know where the Christmas lights are. And you're like, this guy was miserable the whole time. Totally mm-hmm. disconnected. You know? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's you, like, you'd, so, you'd have to be to kill your own child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's crazy how you just assume somebody's like, you're just like, they're a family. So of course he loves his kids. And right. I remember we spent, he dressed up like Santa Claus and we spent Christmas mm-hmm. together and stuff. But you don't, if you could go back and like watch that moment, like yeah. you can today, because everybody, everything's filmed. You literally never know what's happening behind closed doors. Exactly. You just don't, Mm-mm. unless you have access to an indoor fucking camera, yes. which now do I need to set up cameras all over my house? <laughs> Because your brain will just like connect the dots. You'll be like, yes, it's uh, Easter. We yeah. hired an Easter bunny for the day. Like there's kids here. Of course the parents are happy to see their Everyone's kids. Everyone's happy. Yes. Yeah. You look, nope. go back and look. It's like, yes. Uh, so yeah, this guy probably never was, never wanted this. You know, he probably always wanted out. Know? It just reiterates what I always say now. Just never meet a man. No. Yeah. Never. No, it's just, agreed. it's not worth it. No. Yeah. Not worth it. Agreed. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> as, as someone engaged to a man... <laughs> it's never risky. Meet never meet him. Never meet it's a, him. It's a risk. I'm really rolling the dice. Also, I don't like, do it. don't just get married because your partner falls pregnant. Right. Not that a great idea. Also, yeah, if you're considering times, homicide to cultures. get out of a relationship, yes, just, just leave. get a divorce. If just you're considering leave. homicide, please consider divorce. There are just always leave. better options. Just leave. Yep. Just leave. Wow. And with that, special thanks to Abby Townsend for picking this topic because it was extremely fascinating. Yeah, wild. Well done, Abby. And also special thanks to Alvin Williams of Affirmative Murder Podcast for stepping in literally at the last minute when it's like, Like last night. (laughs) Someone is hospitalized. We need help. You guys stop it. Also, also let me just say, Kenyon, in your stead, I hope that I made you proud. I felt your spirit Mm. within me and, 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 you know, all, you know, uh, prayers and, and well wishes to her on her journey. Absolutely. Tell tell them where they can find Affirmative Murder. Oh, you can find Affirmative Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. It is uh, me and my friend since we were 12 in our youth. We do a true crime podcast that discusses cases that might not get as much spotlight in, you know, marginalized communities and things like that. And we tell jokes. We talk about the impossible chicken from KFC and all kinds of current events and things like that. So, yeah, look, uh, check us out wherever you are listening to podcasts. Great, great show. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.